Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's edition of Kane Sport Live is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. If you know who's going to win the game, it's time to put your money where your mouth is at MyBookie.ag. As a loyal listener of Kane Sport Live, MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. Just use the promo code Canes to activate the offer. Expert or rookie, you got to check out MyBookie. Sign up today. for the first time, and here's Joseph Yearby for the Miami touchdown. Kai in the gun. Miami just one of four on third down. Across the middle, Najoku and the touchdown. Front trying to get to Kaya. Loads, throws, and Richards the catch, and the rookie breaks away. Amon Richards tries to step out and does, and the Miami touchdown. with the quarterback forcing it and find it away. Toddy took his eye off of it. Miami has recovered. Trent Harris comes up with the fumble recovery off the air and snap. Mark Walton will have the first down and the touchdown. Well, Mark Rick a win. Career win 151. is number six at his alma mater. And today Miami wins 34 to 14 over Virginia. Second straight.
straight impressive Miami victory that has injected some much-needed momentum back into the 2016 season. Nobody has any idea what kind of bowl invitation Miami is playing for right now. This is all about style points at the moment, and in that regard, the Hurricanes are flat, coming up big. The offensive line, such a problem during the four-game losing spell, has been rock solid for two weeks in a row now, despite continued injuries. And Brad Kaya's game has been elevated with reduced pounding. Mark Walton's been sensational. And what about freshman receiver Amon Richards and how consistent that he's been in every game this season? One of the stories of the year in college football has to be the job that Manny Diaz has done, restoring the Miami defense. So now Miami heads on the road again to Raleigh, North Carolina, where a somewhat dangerous North Carolina State team awaits. Can Miami maintain the quality of its play and the excitement that it has generated with these back-to-back victories? We'll talk about that and more tonight as we embark on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest two to three hours in Hurricane Sports. As always, this is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. The call-in number tonight, again, is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Those of you who have participated in the show know the drill. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show that sends us a prompt that you want to come on you fall into the queue in the order that you hit the number one on your keypad we bring you on the show in that order as we begin Kane Sport live tonight there's some potential breaking recruiting news that could be on the horizon and I'm going to tell you a little bit about it right now and I can't stress to you enough how massive of a signing that this would be for the Miami basketball program. I'm talking about Lonnie Walker, a five-star guard from Reading, Pennsylvania, who appears ready tonight to pull the trigger and commit and ultimately sign with the Hurricanes. Here's the story. It's been Miami, Arizona, and Kentucky for several weeks now. He visited back in May. His dad wanted him to go to Arizona. He doesn't want to go to Arizona. He visited Kentucky, was very serious, and has been very serious about Kentucky, and it's been believed to come down to Miami and Kentucky. So what happened was a day ago, Kentucky signed another guard by the name of Shea Alexander, another highly regarded prospect, um, decided not to wait anymore for Lonnie Walker and went ahead and and took Alexander, who they also like very much. So it's believed that that now has eliminated Kentucky from Lonnie Walker's recruitment and that Miami – is now next up. And um, we've been working this story for several hours uh, along with Eric Bossy, our rivals basketball analyst. And um, a lot of people are saying they think he's going to Miami, but he has not pulled the trigger as of yet. 
So we are on big time Lonnie Walker watch, and we'll continue to be as the evening continues. And um, if he does pull the trigger and commit while we're on the air on Kane Sport Live, we'll, we will tell you. Um, otherwise, um, if and when that happens, you'll obviously see all the news on canesport.com. But that's one to get very excited about and great anticipation because if Miami gets Lonnie Walker, I'll go out on the limb right now and say that Jim Laranega's Miami Hurricanes become one of the leading contenders, not just to win the ACC next year, but possibly to contend to go to the Final Four. That's the kind of roster that Jim Laranega will have put together for next season if they can get this Lonnie Walker commitment. So like I said, we'll continue to follow it. Anyway, back to football now. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. Does 8-4 and four and a bowl win equate to having a successful season? I'm going to say no. They're not playing in the ACC championship game. They didn't win the Coastal. And, you know, we discussed this before the season. And anything else is a consolation prize. Let's be honest. You know, Miami has got to get to the point where it's winning the Coastal on a regular basis. And it's going to that championship game. And for whatever reasons you want to pin and blame on it, that's not happening this year. So... I can't call eight and four with four wins to start the season and four wins potentially to end the season if it plays out that way. I can't call that a successful season because it's not ending in the championship game. That's just my opinion. I'd be interested to hear other opinions tonight as we continue with the show. Moving on. Why do local top recruits continue to disrespect the Miami program? Why isn't there loyalty like the Texas kids or the Ohio kids that have for their programs in their backyards. Well, you know, I'm not sure that there's the level of disrespect that the poster is suggesting, but I will say this. All of these kids that are in question were in diapers the last time that Miami was relevant in college football. And the last time that Miami was playing for championships. So you can't really blame the kids that they don't have the level of interest or passion for the Hurricanes that everyone would like to see them have. That's going to have to be earned. Respect has to be earned. Okay, And, and that's what the Hurricanes are trying to do right now under Mark Richt. They're doing it in several different ways. They've improved the infrastructure of their, of their program. They're building an indoor practice facility. They've upgraded the defense and done things on the defensive side of the ball that everybody wanted to see done. Now the final step is going to be to start contending for championships, getting to the ACC championship game, contending to be in the college football playoffs. So I don't think it's necessarily fair. Everybody wants to see every top player from South Florida and beyond come to Miami and be Hurricanes. But I don't think it's fair to, to pin that on the kids, that that's not 
what all of their yearning desires are right now. Um, it's the fault of the Miami program that it has performed in the last 10, 12 years the way it has. And obviously, Mark Richt right now is trying to fix that. Does Brad Kaya stay at Miami going into next season? I'm going to go out on the limb and say yes. There might be some that might still project him as a first-round draft pick, but if there's one thing that we have undeniably learned this year as we've watched this season unfold, it's that Kaya has a lot of development left as a quarterback, and I think he has to see that. I'm sure that this year has not gone the way that he has wanted it to. And I'm sure that in his mind, he probably has some unfinished business here in Coral Gables. So I'm going to go out on the limb and I'm going to say, yes, the Kaya does come back. And that leads us to the next question that was posted on the message boards at canesport.com. And that's if Kaya does come back, will there be open competition next year at the quarterback position? Well, I'll say that not one member of the current roster is positioned to compete with Brad Kaya to be the starting quarterback. And I think undeniably, if Kaya comes back, that he would get the first opportunity next year without question. But if things went bad again next year, and Kaya's lack of mobility was deemed by Mark Richt to be a prevailing problem on the team, I wouldn't say it's out of the question if freshman Nikozi Perry develops the way that a lot of people think he's going to, that Mark Rick might not have a tough decision to make at some point. But obviously the way you'd like to see it play out is you want Kaya to come back. You want the team to win next year. You want it to win the Coastal, go to the ACC championship game. You want Kaya to be a Heisman candidate. You'd love to see all those things. And if every game went the way these last two games have went, all of that would be the case. So we can't predict the future, but I do think that there's several different scenarios that could unfold depending on how things go. So it'll be interesting to see, but right now I would predict that, yes, Kaya comes back, and unquestionably, if that does happen, that he would be the starter at the beginning of next season. Have there been any thoughts of keeping Casey McDermott at left tackle and moving Trevor Darling inside to left guard when and if Darling is totally healthy again, whether it's this week or in the future. And I would say I doubt it. I think, you know, moving McDermott outside last week was one thing. I think, you know, now you're talking about moving two guys, and and all of a sudden you're asking Darling to play guard after he's been a tackle, you know, for well over a year. I just, I, I doubt that they would do that. Um, I think you can't overreact to the Virginia game. You know, Virginia was playing a defense basically where Casey McDermott's man was right in front of them all game. They didn't have a a real solid edge pass rusher. And um, I don't think it's fair to, to make too many rushes to judgment based on what you saw in Charlottesville on Saturday, other than absolutely being euphoric over the fact that the Hurricanes won on the road and played as well as they did. Does Mark 
Rick regret waiting until there's four losses in a row to change his offensive philosophy? Or would you chalk it all up to trying to forge a tough, physical, smash-mouth running team and being willing to lose a few games to do so? I'm not sure Mark Rick looks at it that way. I'm really not. I think he was trying to win. And and I, I think that uh, winning is obviously the priority for any coach above anything else. Now, um, I think it was pretty obvious that this team was not going to compete for national titles this year. Um, and I do think that developing a culture was important to Coach Rick. But I don't think anything ever supersedes winning. And I don't think he put a ceiling on the season when it started. I think it just got away from the Hurricanes there in October. And obviously that was unfortunate. Can Mark Richt turn things around in three years? I'd say yes, he can. And I'd say it's probably pretty likely to take about that long. Although I do think the Hurricanes next year can be highly competitive the way they are this year. They've been highly competitive this year. As we said before the season started, uh, they've been right in every single game. I mean, they've been right there and could have won any of the four games that they lost um, with the exception of, uh, you know, I think they just didn't have any gas in the tank probably at Virginia Tech and the schedule got the best of them, I think, on that road trip. But, um, you know, the other games, they certainly were right in and could have won. Which players, seniors or juniors, will be drafted this year? Well, I think it's pretty safe to say that Stacey Coley is going to be drafted. Um, I think Danny Isadora has a real good chance to get drafted. I think Corn Elder is obviously going to get drafted. I think Rayshawn Jenkins has had a real nice year and has a great chance to be drafted. I think Jamal Carter, with his size and physicality, will capture the imagination of the NBA scouts and have a real good shot of being drafted. And if not drafted, he'll certainly get a free agent opportunity. I think Adrian Colbert, after the way he played in the Notre Dame game and the level of play that he put on tape in South Bend, has a chance to get drafted. I think Justin Vogel, even though he's a punter, and punters often don't get drafted, might be good enough to inspire somebody to throw a late-round draft pick in his direction. And obviously, if Brad Kaya chooses to go out, he'll get drafted. And I think that that would probably be about the extent of the list. As of right now, who has impressed the most with their play as a freshman this year? Well, obviously, you look at the three linebackers, all have played well. But I think that if you were going to pick one, it would have to be Amon Richards and how spectacular that he has been as a receiver, um, averaging about 20 yards a catch and making big plays in almost every ball game. Can Miami close out a top 10 recruiting class this year? That's going to be very tough. Right now, they're ranked 13th with 20 commits. Uh, schools like USC, FSU, Auburn look positioned to leapfrog them in the, in, in the rankings. It's, it's probably looking more like they're going to finish in the ballpark of 15th, to be totally honest, um, unless there's some drastic developments that we don't know about right now. I think it would be pretty hard for the Canes to get in the top 10. 
Will Mark Richt bring in an offensive coordinator next year? I don't think so. I think he's done a pretty good job as a play caller this year. He had a couple bad games in October against Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Notre Dame. But he certainly has rebounded the last two weeks, and there was absolutely nothing wrong with his play calling the first four or five games of the season. So, no, I don't think Mark Rick's going to replace himself as play caller. I think he enjoys that aspect of the game. I think it's re-energized him, and I think he's going to want to continue in that role. If Jimbo Fisher leaves for LSU, does that help Miami in recruiting? Or is Florida State about to take some steps back with all the bad things that have been going on in Tallahassee? I would say we don't really know at this point. I think a lot is going to depend on who they would hire to replace Jimbo Fisher. Um, And that's obviously very much in question. So can't really make a prediction there. And lastly... How huge or important is this game to write the season? A win Saturday would propel the Canes towards a possible five-game win streak to round out 2016 and give them great momentum going into the recruiting season. How huge is it? I mean, it's massive. Let's be honest. They're trying to put a happy face on this season, and the only way to do that is to win out and get a quality bowl game against a big-name opponent that they also would have a chance to win. And right now, they seem to be on track to potentially doing that. And that makes Saturday's trip to Raleigh absolutely massive. And I agree with that thought. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can get it done. I think they can. But I think NC State is going to be a very tough out. And Miami's obviously going to have to play very well. Um, The Wolfpack are particularly good on the defensive front. They're going to make it very difficult for Miami to be balanced in this game and run the ball. I think Mark Rick's going to have to incorporate a lot of the quick passes and that style of play that they used in the Pittsburgh game. I think if they successfully get into that and don't try to force the run, if the O-line is not capable of moving those guys off the ball, um, then they'll have a really good chance to win. Obviously, you got to run, you're, going to, you're going to have to run the ball some of the time. You can't become one-dimensional. But when you look at the way this game's shaping up, conventional wisdom tells you that Miami may have some problems up front with NC State's defense. And um, I I think it's going to take a high-quality passing game, particularly a short passing game, going back to getting the ball quickly out of Brad Kaya's hands into the hands of his playmakers and letting them do things. And if they do that, I think Miami obviously has a great chance to win at NC State. All right, those were the Topics and questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. Again, we remain on Lonnie Walker Watch tonight, a commitment slash signing that would be absolutely massive for Canes basketball. Time to go out to your calls. The number, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Greg from Carolina is not first this week. For our first call this week, we are going to go out to the 404, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Gary, what's up, man? How are you doing? It's Roland from New Orleans. What's up, Roland? You, you beat Greg to the punch this week. I did, man. I, last week, I, I, I think I did call him last week. I, 
I didn't try to be Greg. I was just calling in, man. I know he normally leaves everything off with uh, some good, solid points. I just wanted to call in and uh, bring up a couple things. He's number three in the queue, so you have the floor. Number three. Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, first and foremost, they had an interview um, on uh, Andrew Rowe talking about the 2001 team. And I don't want to go back. I know that's, what, 16 years ago. When they were talking about Andrew, Andrew Rowe was talking about he was indecisive. He was going to go to Florida or Miami. But then he came to Miami and watched the practice and just watched the aggressiveness and just the whole attitude. Um, my question, my first question to you is, I think with attitude comes leadership. So um, with this season, there obviously there's three, three games left. Um, that leadership, that raw um, you know, alpha dog, um, where is that going to come from um, coming into um, a new season, first and foremost? You want to know where the leadership's going to come from? Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, I mean, it could be offensively. In the, in the future? Defensive. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of leadership this year. Um, yeah, I agree but with I that. Think I agree if with you, that. If, if you look forward – um, obviously, I think on defense, Pinkney and Quarterman have earned, yeah. I think, enough respect to where maybe they could be leaders uh, next mm-hmm. year. Um, I think you're going to see um, this DJ Dallas kid come in and immediately become a leader. He's just got that type of mindset um, mm-hmm. that I think he'll bring to the table right away. And uh, he's certainly going to be a leader of his class, um, you know, if, if not. Um, if not the team, I mean, it's hard for a freshman to be a yeah. leader. Uh, but yeah. but but I I think you got you can look at him. Um, I think that Norton and McIntosh on the line unquestionably could become leaders on this team. I think they have that type of motor um, and temperament. You know, they they kind of been earning their way this year, making plays. But I think by next year, those two guys should be absolute beasts on the defensive front. And I could see them emerging as potential leaders. I think Amon Richards, you know, could 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 develop into a leader. You know, he's not really a, a boisterous kid right now. But when you look at the way he plays and the confidence that he figures to gain from this season and bring into the future seasons, you know, I think he could potentially develop into a leader. Um, obviously, Kaya, if he comes back, you know, could be a leader. But, you know, the the one thing I will say that they really are lacking on the roster right now are guys that um I don't know if if, if that are I want to say like that are that are dogs, you know what I'm saying? Like that have that killer yeah. that killer mindset and mentality and um they don't really have a lot of those kind of guys no. in in this, pro- no. in this program right now. Um, so, you know, usually that's where your leaders come from. Those are usually the guys that get in people's faces when things are going bad and, you know, urge them to pick their game up and, um, help you get through game day and, and, and things like that. So I'm not sure there's a lot of that right now on the roster. Um, but maybe by next year, some of these guys will start to develop it. Okay. Uh, two, two other questions. Um, second quick question. Um, starting next year, um, will, uh, will former players be able to be on the sidelines? And it's kind of a two-part question. Um, 
If so, will there be it would be a limitation amount of players that they have on the sideline? Because you think about all the Miami teams. I haven't heard of a Roland of a decision having been made in that regard, but you know you got to be you got to be careful. There's a lot of former players, right? I mean, and everybody can't be on the sideline. And you know, if if you're going to allow it, you got to come up with some type of system that decides who gets to be on the sideline. Um, You can't just say, oh. You know, the only guys that get to be on the sideline are Hall of Famers like Michael Irvin or, you know, Warren Sapp. And, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, there mm-hmm. there has to be some type mm-hmm. of protocol and some type of way of determining it. You can't just have every former Miami player have sideline access. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how they'll handle that. You know, whether they'll come up with some way of nominating a couple guys to be their, the, the alumni sideline reps or, or something like that. I don't I don't know what they're going to do. Um but I don't think you're going to see widespread alumni on the sidelines. It just doesn't make any sense, and I don't know how they could, could keep that under control, you know? Yeah, but I still think they need, they need players, I mean, former, former players. I'm not saying 100 players, but, you know, guys that could, you know, you know that could, that could you know, get into the, to, to the defense, uh, um, O-line. I mean, it's got to be – I mean, I think it's either, it's either in you or it's not. You know, I mean, there's, there's quiet leadership and there's uh, verbal leadership, and, um, and there's, I think it's been lacking, you know, for the last few, I don't know how many years. But uh, yeah, that was there's one no, question. There's no, I mean, there's, there's no question about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, they don't have and, a lot of leadership right now. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. And uh, my last question, from a recruiting standpoint, um, since you know Miami. Able to to have all the full you know full scholarships back. Um, any new news on any recruits? Any um, news on any? Um, I mean, I asked you last week about the O line, about those interior guys from American Heritage. I know it's early, but uh, the coaching staff. I know they doing they they doing a, they're doing a good job as much as they possibly can because obviously, you know, this is Rick. Rich is not it's not his players, but he's he's doing everything he can. But um, do you do you believe that you know it's gonna be some 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 key flips or, or some guys that? Yeah, I that do. I think there'll under- be some of that. I do. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I'm not ready to predict who the, who that might be, but I, I think that that once they get into heavy into recruiting in December and January, that things will become a little bit more fluid. I think there you know there's probably one or two guys that are on the current commit list that might drop off at some point. I, I you know, okay. and obviously I think they could add a couple. Okay. Okay. And um, before you put me on hold, I'm going to tell you this. I know FIU is a super small program, but I guarantee, guarantee Butch Davis will get those guys to eight or nine wins next year. Watch Gary. Guaranteed. I don't know if it'll happen that fast, but he'll do a good job there because he'll work he'll as hard as he needs to work to get it done. And I think a lot of the South Florida kids, you know, particularly Miami kids, um, will stay and, and, and go to school there as opposed to going to some other places around the country. I don't think he's going to steal mm-hmm. kids from Miami. No. But, uh, yeah. but, uh, but I think that, that in that second tier of recruit uh, that he will mm-hmm. be a major player and he'll be a dominant player. Um, because I think he'll put together a staff that can recruit, and uh, nobody works harder yep. 
or will work harder uh, than Butch because, you know, Butch, this is it for him. You know, this is his final yeah. stand. And, and, and this is, you know, really, when you look at everything he's done in his career, this is probably going to be, you know, the, the thing that he's second most remembered for. I mean, I don't think anything will ever trump what he did at Miami. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that, that, that this will be his, his, the job that he does rebuilding FIU, which is, you know, since Mario Cristobal got fired, has just been a disaster of a program, will be a big part of how Butch Davis is defined after he's all done coaching. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, okay, it'll, be, it'll, be, uh, it'll be fun to watch him, watch him go work over there, you know? I mean, I think yeah. a lot of us are Butch Davis fans and and oh, no appreciate question. all that he did for the Hurricanes. So no question. Okay, okay. Well, man, again, I always tell you, man, you did a great job, man. Great show. It's always good. You always stay positive throughout the ups and downs of coaches and 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 you know, just a, it's been a rough eight, ten years. But, you know, it's gonna break. It'll, it'll definitely break, and it's just. Uh, and I keep, you know, people, everybody keeps saying it's a matter of time. Uh, I know it's a matter of time, man. Just getting the right guys in, right, the right coaches, which I think we, I believe we have, and uh, and we'll see. Oh, last thing, you can put me on hold. Did you, when you said about Stan, uh, Stan is Dober playing uh, on defense, he didn't look too bad. No, he didn't look bad at all. He, he, did, he, he did, didn't he's he? That, well, he's an athletic kid. He's been a tight end, and so uh, yeah, he didn't you know, yeah, he, he didn't look bad at all. He was yeah. I don't think he's been a starter there or anything. I'm not ready yeah. to say that. But, but no, yeah. he didn't look bad at all. Yeah, definitely. All right, man, just put me on the call. call in, man. Thanks. Appreciate everything you do. All right, Roland. Thanks for getting us started. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 305. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Is it me? That's you. Okay. A couple things. First time caller, by the way. A few things you touched on, but uh, I I was looking at the season as a whole, and it amazes me that the Canes, considering all the injuries, all the people they lost before the season, the two two linebackers, the defense end, uh, the offensive line struggles, we were going to be favored in every single game this year, except for the Virginia Tech game, which we lost, you know, all those uh, players' injuries. I find that pretty amazing, you know, considering all that, that, you know, Vegas thinks, obviously, that we're, you know, pretty talented team, even with all that going on. And like you said, we could have uh, won mostly all those games with a few plays here and there. Even the Virginia Tech game, I think Rick said, if we made a few plays, we could have been in a one-score game going down the stretch. And that game, we were decimated by injuries. So, you know, I think the future is bright when you look at it that way. And um, yeah. one other one other thing uh, that does bother me, you're saying that uh, you uh, recruiting, we may only be top 15. And, uh, you know, we have to land a couple of those offensive line, four-star offensive linemen and maybe a D-tackle. Because without that, it's going to be tough to, you know, really get to the the top, considering, you know, what we have right now. 
But uh, I think by the numbers, if we bring in a big recruiting class, by the numbers, we're going to we might move up to the in the top ten, even though ranked four star wise, we're probably not because we're ahead of Florida State just because we have more players right now. So if they bring in a big class, they'll probably be they might reach the top ten, but maybe not by the overall star rating. But that, you know, yeah, we'll that's see. Just my views. You know, maybe, you know, maybe but, they'll uh, get closer than I think. I just when I look at the you know they've got twenty commits right now. And when I look at the rankings, a lot of teams only, that are right under them only have fourteen. So that's, that's but, uh, six, you know, six guys that Florida State's going to sign to catch up, and you know that they typically get a lot of four-star guys. So, you know. Yeah, well, maybe we can get a couple, uh, you know, four-star receivers or, you yeah, know, no sneaking the defense the line. But, uh, yeah, so obviously, I mean, we're, we're – the coaching has been, uh, you know, remarkable considering everything that we've gone through this year. And the uh, future looks bright. And that's, that's just what I want, all I want to say. All right, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to be negative when I answered that question. I'm just trying to be honest, you know. Right. Okay, we'll see. I mean, right now there's 13. You know, the schools behind right. them look like they have a lot of, you know, have enough upside to ca- to catch up and, and supersede. So we'll see. And, and is but it, you don't it, know what the – Do you think that's going to – if we finish strong, do you think, uh, you know, by next season we should start, you know, competing recruiting-wise with the – you know, more of the elite teams? I think it's going to take a, a, a good season of winning. Right. You know, okay. You know, you know, playing in the ACC championship game, showing that the program's back to being at that kind of level. Right. You know, well, I, I, I think, I think, I think that's what, I think that you know, that's what it's going to take probably... to, to, be, to be able to start competing with the SEC schools that, are, that right now are getting a lot of those four- and five-star guys. Right. Well, at least defensively, I think uh, a lot of these kids are going to like playing for Diaz, especially watching the freshmen playing the way they are. So I think that might might help on the defensive side. We'll see. All right. Thanks for the for taking my call. All right. Th- hey, thanks for being a first time caller. We love first time callers. Give us a call again next time. All right. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Next up is a guy that always wants to come on the show. He's usually first, but tonight he was a little slow with the trigger finger on his keypad, and he's only third in the queue this evening. But here he is. Greg, how you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you? Doing good, Greg. Doing good. What you got uh, for I didn't, I didn't call last week because I was really into the election. You were giving me bad vibes saying Trump wasn't doing well. <laughs> I didn't say anyway. I never said that. He was doing well the whole night all through the show. Yeah, but at the beginning you said he was doing good in Florida, but in the other states he wasn't. Or whatever. Yeah, things, it turned things, out things, good. things turned as the night went on, so I guess you're a Trump guy, so you're happy. Big time. All right. Uh I just want to start with last week's game. I know I'm a credit to Kai and I think he played awful Saturday. I think we could have won that game by 35 points last week. He missed receivers wide open, overthrew people, and he had no pressure at all on him this week. That pocket was clean 99% of the time. Do you think he played a good game? I think he did okay. I mean, I don't think he was all American level or anything, but I I, I think he 
was pretty solid and 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 has always done a pretty good job when he's had time to throw and set his feet and stuff. I don't I didn't have any problems with what Kaya did. Well, the announcers obviously you weren't watching the game on television. They they weren't very high on Kaya to be honest with you. And uh, I just wanted to say something. Did you see that play where the Virginia quarterback got hit right in the chops and completed that touchdown pass? Um, yeah, I know what play you're talking about. Yep. Right. There's no way Kaya completes a pass like that because he doesn't stay in. The, he doesn't stay in. He doesn't mm-hmm. hang in there like that kid did. But anyway, let's Look, get off of he still, he, I mean, he still has some development left to make. We know that. Right. Okay. Now, what, two weeks ago you said we didn't have anyone else on the offensive line. I thought that Gauthier did okay. He had a couple of penalties, but he, he didn't get pushed back like Linda did. I and totally Gauthier. agree with you. I totally agree with you. You know, he, coming in, he was the number eight guy, okay, on the yeah. O-line. And this was his first extended playing time. And I absolutely agree with you that he performed way better than anybody could have imagined he would do. And, 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 and by the way, add Alex Gall to that list. Because that guy right. has been tremendous the last two weeks as the, as the center. And, you know, I'm starting to wonder whether Nick Linder was maybe, A, playing hurt through much of this season and shouldn't have been out there, or that Stacey Searles has done one heck of a job with Alex Gall because he's a much better player this year than he was last year. I agree. Okay, my next point is, do you know the other game on next year's schedule? Because I looked at it. We only have three out-of-conference games, Notre Dame, Arkansas yeah, I don't, State. I don't think it's been out. finalized yet. I don't believe it's been finalized yet. So is it going to be like one of these – Thing. Yeah, I think you could bet the ranch it'll be something like that, but I don't think it has been finalized. Okay. Now let's get to recruiting. I'm reading your articles here. It seems like they're shying off this kid Dingle. Do you have any reason for that? You know, I, I think that they – I agree it does look like that, and we'll see what happens. But, you know, I think they only want to take elite receivers. They, I, You know, I, I think that they – they really want to upgrade the talent on this team. And they're not looking to just take players anymore that they evaluate as, you know, as just guys. You know, I, I think that, that they are trying to raise the level of the talent in this program. And they're trying very hard in this recruiting class, no matter what position that they focus on, that they're taking guys that they feel can play and can contribute very quickly. They, okay. they don't want projects. I, th- I think that's pretty clear. They don't want projects. All right. Now, um, I'm looking at last year's recruiting class. We ended up number 21. Uh, I like this class that came in. I think he's got a lot of players in this class that are going to be very good. So you can build a program with the 21st-ranked class. Well, that's interesting that you, you know it's, it, that's an interesting point that you're making here, and I think what I'd like to do is um, I want to pull the class up 
and let's let's just go backwards here real quick while you're bringing it up, Greg. And let's take a look at this year's recruiting class now that we have almost an entire season to discuss here. All right, Amon Richards, and I'll I'll lead the way on this. Four star. I think I think we all would agree that he has certainly lived up to that four star ranking. Um, I don't know if you would have considered him for a five star if you knew what kind of freshman year he was going to have. But without question, I think he's lived up to his four-star. Jeff James was a two-star, and I don't think we can argue about the fairness of that. He he hasn't been a factor in his freshman year. He's been on the scout team, and we have no idea what the future holds for him. Uh, Romeo Finley was a four-star DB uh, who hasn't really been able to make much of an impact as a freshman. We don't know what the future holds for him, but if you were going to re-rank him today, based on what you've seen so far, you might even make him a three-star, you know, based on what some of the other guys have done. I mean, Malik Young was a three-star, and he's played more than Romeo Finley this year and, and has made more of a contribution uh, to this team. Uh, Trey Johnson, offensive lineman, was a three-star. I don't think we have any foundation to have any opinion there. Same thing with Tyreek Martin, defensive end. Um Giovanni Haskins, a three-star tight end. Um, this is a kid that, if you just go him by the look test, this kid passes it in every which way. Uh, he's a tight end, um, big, really great, athletic-looking kid. And and you know, obviously there wasn't any opening for him this year to make any contribution, and he's redshirting. But I'm going to be very anxious to see what Giovanni Haskins is able to do in the future because when I just look at him, I mean, I think, wow, you know, that's an impressive-looking athlete. And um, so I'm anxious to see if he's better than the three-star ranking he had. Malik Young is was a three-star. Is he in redshirt? Yeah, he's redshirted, Greg. Yes, yes he is. Okay. Uh, Malik, really? Young, Malik Young was a three-star. I think you have to agree that that's pretty accurate. Patrick Bethel was a three-star. I think that's accurate. Zach McLeod was a three-star, who I would argue might be on the border between three and four, but he's been a little slow picking things up. He's made some plays here or there. So I would say that the three-star that he was given was pretty accurate and fair. I think think this week was his best game. He had a good game this week. He should be getting better as the year goes on. He's played a lot of football this year. It should all be coming together for him. So, you know, but I I would say three-star was probably pretty fair there. Um, Michael Irvin, three-star, I would say is fair. Uh, Travis Homer, three-star, I would say is fair. Uh, Joe Jackson, four-star, based on the flashes that we've seen as a defensive end. Um, I think he's a guy that could be a star in the future um, as he continues to develop physically and get in the weight room and get stronger. Um, So I have no problem with the four-star ranking that Joe Jackson had. Um, Said Wright, three-star. I haven't really seen a ton of him this year. Um, I would say that that, that ranking's accurate. Uh, Sam Bruce is a four-star. Obviously, you could throw that one out. Because he, he was a total train wreck. Uh, De, Deontay Mullins, four-star, has been a total washout this year um, because he just wasn't in shape when he showed up and, and you know has, has had to pick up everything and was way behind. And um, I'm still trying to figure out. I, we, we've had a lot of discussion on whether he's being redshirted this year or not. When I look at the participation reports, it looks to me like he isn't on target to be redshirted because he only played 
in the first couple games, and I know he showed up on the injury reports. So somebody said he was in the game the the, the other he day. Did. I did. He played at yeah, the yeah, end I, the other day. I, 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 I missed that, so I don't really have an opinion on that. Um, but I was looking at the participation chart today, um, and it's it, it's a little quirky. So I'm not. I'm, I'll be honest. I don't, I got to figure out what's going on with Deontay Mullins. Um, right now, it looks like he'll be a sophomore next year. Um, if he, you know, was in fact in the game the other day. Um, but I would say that four star so far is a pretty lofty ranking. You know, I mean, there was an opportunity, obviously, uh, for him to play this year, and he wasn't able to seize it. Um, not totally his fault. It, it took a while to get him in school, but he came in and wasn't in the best of shape. Probably could have worked harder before he got to Coral Gables and has not been able to make any impact this year. All right, Shaq Quarterman, four-star. I think he, everyone would agree that he's a four-star. Mike Pinckney was a three-star that I think is a four-star. I would, I would give him a four-star based, based on what I've seen. Um, so that might have improved the ranking a little bit. Jack Allison, four-star. I don't think any of us have an opinion. And uh, Dale Harris, three-star, I think is pretty accurate. So, you know, everyone loves to debate star rankings and put different values on them and stuff. I would say the star rankings that the rivals recruiting analysts placed on the guys that signed with the hurricanes was pretty spot on. So it it really was a number 20 recruiting class. And um, you're right. It goes to show you that even in a 20th ranked recruiting class, you can find some guys in there that can make pretty quick impacts. And um, if you add them up and tally them, you'd say Richards is in that class. I think you would say Quarterman's in that class. Um, I think you would say Pinkney's in that class. And okay. Joe Jackson. And maybe Joe Jackson. So that would be four of the, um, what they signed last year, 19 kids, I think. Yeah. I'd have to, yeah. I'd have to, um, I'd have to add up that number. But, you know, yeah, that's not great. Let me tell you something, Greg. That's not great, okay? And that's why the class was ranked 21. You know, you'd like to have a few more – um, guys that you feel are instant star type of guys emerge from a recruiting class. And, you know, I'm sure that it goes back to what you were saying a minute ago. The agenda of the coaches this year is that I don't think they're looking for projects. You know, I think they're looking for guys that can come in and contribute right away. And um, just on the surface, when I look at the class, I think Amari Carter has a chance to contribute next year. I think Trey John Bandy has a chance to contribute um, next year, I think Bradley Jennings has a chance to contribute next year. Um, I'm not going to say Deontay Johnson because he might need a year to develop physically. We'll, you know, we'll see. Um, obviously, Zach Fiegels as a punter will contribute next year. Um, I don't think you know Nikozi Perry only if Brad Kaya goes out, but he's a very 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 highly regarded prospect. I, I certainly would have to include him on any list I'm throwing out here. I think Navon Donaldson has a chance to contribute next year. And I think DJ Dallas has a chance to contribute next year. So I, I see six, seven guys right now uh, that have a chance. And I, I, I think that when you're looking at the last and, and if, if like Dingle drops, maybe you have six or seven spots left for this year. I'm sure the coaches want to find another two, three, four guys that can help them right away next year as true freshmen. And um, that's why I don't think they're interested in projects. I think they're looking for guys that can help right away. 
Yeah, but you have to be patient. Njoku was nothing his first year. They even moved him to linebacker. And then they brought him back to tight end. So you don't know. Maybe some of these kids are developing on the practice. I mean, on the well, yeah, of, of course. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying the kids that aren't instant impact guys are busts. I mean, I agree with you. You know, it's the job of the coaches to figure out what they can do and, and try to develop them. Otherwise, they become recruiting mistakes. I mean, I'm not saying that that the kids didn't, didn't play as freshmen are, are recruiting mistakes. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that by, by any stretch of the imagination. I think, you know, like I said, Giovanni Haskins, to my eye, can develop into a decent player. Maybe Romeo Finley, you know, becomes a decent player. We don't know what Trey Johnson is going to become, you know, yet. Patrick Bethel, to me, has shown some flashes of, of potentially developing into a pretty good player. I think Michael Irvin can become a pretty good tight end. I, I think everyone would agree that Travis Homer is going to contribute to this program as a running back. Um, when he finally gets his act together, Mullins certainly has the athletic ability to make a contribution to the program. You know, we don't know what's, what's, up, what's going to happen with Jack Allison, but yeah, there's no doubt. There's several guys in this year's recruiting class that can be high-quality performers for Miami um, in the future. Uh, I think Rick must have something up his sleeve. If he's dropping a kid like Dingle, he must have somebody in the pipeline ready to come to Miami that he thinks um, he's better. So, you know, I don't know. Nice. I, I, I think it's that, you, you know, you have a certain number of slots, and, you know, you want to fill them with, with guys that, that can contribute right away. And, uh, you know, I, I think when you look at it, um, obviously they're they're after Harley again now as a speed guy. I'm sure they you know they they now would like to get him. Um, I think they have a great shot with Jeremiah Holloman. Um, so that's a guy. And and then you know I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them go try to pull a JUCO wide receiver just to you know bring somebody in that can help them right away. All right. So we'll, so we'll see, Greg. We'll see, but the, the the thing that you know, I think I think the thing that we're seeing loud and clear is that they're trying to upgrade the level of talent in the program. Well, the talent can't be all that bad. You saw what Pittsburgh did last week, beating Clemson after yep. Miami beat the crap out of Pittsburgh the week before. So we're yep. not that far off, in my opinion. No, definitely not. I mean, look, you see how Miami played against Florida State. Easily could have won that game. Um, They won't play Louisville or Clemson this year, but, you know, Florida State was right there with Clemson. Um, Obviously, Florida State had a horrible game at Louisville, um, so it's hard to judge that. Uh, But, no, it's not like it's a total disaster here. And then – you know, it's something that I think with a couple more recruiting classes that they can get where they need to be. But, uh, you know, it starts with recruiting, and, and I, I just think what you're seeing from these coaches is they're starting to shoot higher in the, the quality of players that they want to bring in, and they're not looking for projects. Uh, and, one, and by the way, Louisville was all out to beat Virginia a few weeks ago. They beat him yep. the last so. Once again, I'll let you go. Thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you next week. All right, Greg. Thanks, as always, for being part of the show. 
All right, 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I'm going to take a moment now to tell you about a new sponsor. Yes, we have a new sponsor tonight of Kane Sport Live. Um, it's one that I like an awful lot, and I'm sure a lot of you, you know, now that we're getting deep into November, are starting to think about the holidays, and you know, you're struggling to decide what's the perfect gift for someone that has it all. Let me tell you about Omaha Steaks and how, for only $49.99, that you can get a family gift pack from Omaha Steaks that you could give to somebody for the holidays. And uh, I can vouch for this product because a box came to my door the other day from Omaha Steaks. It was nice and a nice big cooler, and it was packed with dry ice, and I opened it up. I, I didn't expect it. It was a nice little present that they sent me as they become a sponsor of Kane Sport Live, and I started taking all the, all the stuff out, and it was unbelievable. And let me just give you an idea. It was one of these family gift packs, and I'm going to tell you what was in it. They sent two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four hamburgers, a 12-ounce package of all-beef meatballs, four potato au gratin side dishes, four caramel apple tartlets for desserts, and an Omaha Steaks seasoning packet so that I could season all that stuff when I throw it on, on the grill. And um, I'm telling you, this is, they're absolutely right. This family gift pack for a unique and different holiday gift for those of you that have a long list of people that you need to take care of and thank for the holidays, that Omaha Steak family gift pack might just be the answer for you. And um, Omaha Steaks offers unique gifts for gourmet food lovers. They have great steak experiences at home, the most flavorful tender aged beef, plus seafood, poultry, pork, veal, and lamb. They have veggies, desserts, appetizers, pasta, soups, seasoning, sausage, and so much more. So, you know, why should you consider Omaha Steaks? Well, they have over 500 gourmet gift ideas on their website. So I encourage you to go there and, and check that out. They use the highest quality cuts and ingredients, one-of-a-kind flavor, convenient and quick shopping for anybody on your list. All their meats are aged for 21 days to unlock the full flavors of the cuts. Then they hand trim them and they vacuum seal them before they pack them up in those coolers and send them to your home or the home of your gift recipient. They'll also give you online recipes. They'll give you wine suggestions and so much more. So right now you have a chance to go to omahasteaks.com and I'm going to give you the Cane Sport Live code which is CSL. You put that CSL code in the search bar, and you add the family gift pack to your cart, and Omaha Steaks will give you a 77% savings on this gift. It's a gift that's guaranteed to be a hit. So check out omahasteaks.com. Remember, use the code CSL for Kane Sport Live, and I think you'll find that you now have another great gift idea for the holiday season. Omaha Steaks, we welcome you to Kane Sport Live, and thank you for being a sponsor of the show. All right, back to your calls, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad when you want to come on and speak. We
We move on back to the 305, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Good, Gary. How are you? Doing great. Who's this? Adam. Hey, what's uh, up, Adam? How are you doing this week? Good. A um, couple questions. I saw on 247sports.com that Johnson may be wavering from his commitment after a trip to UW. Do you know anything about that? That that who might be wavering? Johnson, uh, the D, the defensive lineman out of California. No, I don't believe I don't believe that. He's taken visits. They, they agreed that you know before he committed that he would take visits and, and that there wouldn't be a problem. I would be very surprised if he wavered on his commitment to Miami. I mean, uh, okay, possible, I just anything's possible, I, obviously, but. I'd be very surprised. Uh, okay, I just saw it. And I caught the tail end. Did you say uh, Lonnie Walker had Miami in his top two? Yes, I did. And, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're monitoring that here tonight. Um, we, we think is, a final I mean, decision is imminent on that front. And all okay. indications that we're getting from talking to several people, it, and, and that list has included Kentucky coach uh, John Calipari, um, who who told us that he believes yeah. that Lonnie Walker would be going to Miami. Uh, we, we think there's a great chance the Hurricanes get him. If they do, I think the Hurricanes become a Final Four contender next year. That's, yeah. how, that, that's how impactful well, I think it would be. Well, that would be a shock because on some other sites, um, it's between us and Arizona, and you know how well, tough it is to pull over a Arizona, Adam, Arizona has been very much in the game. The whole time, yeah. his dad has wanted him to go to Arizona, but from yeah. what we've heard, um, Lonnie does not want to go to Arizona. That he was focused oh, on Miami. Okay. He was focused on Miami and Kentucky, and oh, okay. that's why right now a lot of people think that Miami is going to be the pick. But oh, he hasn't wow. pulled the tr- he has not pulled the trigger yet. So you know we're we're monitoring it. We're waiting to get official word from him. Oh, okay. What he, on no, what he's going to do. Huge, that would be a yeah. huge steal for Lonnie Walker, be, for uh, Miami, and that would put the basketball, I think, in a top-ten recruiting class. No, oh, there's no that question easily, about that. No, I'm telling I mean, you, it would, it, 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 it would make them a top-ten team to start the season and one of the favorites to make the Final Four. Uh, okay, yeah. That's how, I mean, that's how good the roster would some be videos. Year. I've seen some videos of him. He, he'd definitely go move into the starting lineup as a freshman, no doubt in my oh, mind. Oh, oh he's, a, no, he's an NBA player. There's no question. He, he, yeah. he would play he Davon Reed. Yeah, I mean, that would be the only fear is that he'd be a one-and-done. Uh, very very well could be a one-and-done. Yeah, um, but if he goes to Miami, that would be huge. Um, but a couple other uh, questions. Um, in going pro, do you see Njoku going pro? Or this year, no. No. Maybe next oh, okay. year. He's only a sophomore. Okay. But I, isn't he an eligible right sophomore? Um, isn't he, he eligible? If he, if he wanted to go pro, he probably could. I don't think you would see him be a, a first-round draft pick at this point. There's really no reason – for him to go pro right now. Um, but I think it's something that he might consider after next year. Okay. A couple other uh, 
questions on the um, recruiting front. Um, I saw on your website, um, obviously, that we're um, losing interest in Dingle or we've just cooled off. And um, so do you see – what's the update with Devontae Smith out of Louisiana? Are we still involved in his recruiting? Yeah, but it's just dragging on forever, so it it, it kind of leads you to think that, you know, it, it, it might not be – as likely to happen as you, you know we might have hoped a while back, but um, it's still alive. He's just not talking, so, so nobody really knows what he's doing. Oh, okay. Um, and what are some other um, DBs do you know that we're after? Because in DB, we're losing a lot next year. We're losing car- basically our whole entire secondary we're losing, with the exception of Johnson and Redwine. All right, well – Here's what we got right now. Um, Bandy's committed. Um, mm-hmm. Amari Carter is committed. DJ Dallas is committed. Billy Gibson's committed. Um, I think Bandy, Carter, and Dallas will mm-hmm. immediately play next year. Okay. And now, do you see the, us getting back in on Henderson at all? Sorry for uh, well, they, they're, they've, they've, they've never stopped being on Henderson. They're still recruiting Henderson very hard. Um, people I talk to out there do not think he's coming to Miami, uh, but the dialogue does continue. So if he were to, to get back in the camp, it would not be a surprise. Um, but you know, right now it doesn't look like he's going to come to Miami. We'll see. We'll see how that one plays out. I, I know they haven't okay. given up on that on that front yet. Um, and from there, you know, I think we have to see. You know, I don't really have a feel for whether Billy Gibson's going to be ready to contribute as as, okay. as a freshman. Um, you know, they're also looking at his at his um, teammate Antoine Collier over there at Southridge. He's still being recruited. Um, there's always the chance that Brian Edwards from Miramar comes back into the fold. Um, okay. There's a cornerback in, in Jacksonville. Um, that they're, they've been talking to by the name of Quran Hafiz. Uh, he, I don't believe he has an offer right now, um, but if he came down for an unofficial for the pit game, uh, if he gets offered, it sounds to us like Miami would be in decent shape, but you know we don't know right now whether he'll get an offer. Um, similar okay. situation for Kahim Roach at Miramar. I think he'd, he'd fall in the same boat. Um, and Are these Juco, guys down Miami... There's also a JUCO kid, Adam, by the name. There's a JUCO kid by the name of Matt White from Asa College here in Miami. I'd keep an eye on that one, and I think there'll be one or two other guys at that position that pop up in December, um, who might be committed okay. to other other schools and stuff. Because you know, as you noted, there's a phenomenal opportunity for defensive backs at yeah. Miami right now. So. Yeah, um, and a uh, final question. I saw on this site a couple days ago, I think there was a lineman out of Alabama that we're looking at with Louisville and Michigan. Is he serious about Miami? Because in the past we've had a lot of these recruits say they're serious and then nothing no, comes of it. You're talking about Tariq Bateman, and uh, yes, yeah. he is serious about considering Miami. I can't predict what what he'll pick in the end at this point, but – Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I would agree that that one's a serious courtship that's going on. Uh, okay. Because I'm even thinking like last year, um, you had a lot of recruits, and Rashawn Gary comes to mind. 
is that they said they were serious in Miami. Same with Isaac Nana, and nothing came of it. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I mean, every year you're going to have guys like that. Yeah. You know, you're not going to, you know, you, you know, when you, when you start recruiting the top players in the country, like, like those two guys that you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, everybody's, everybody's talking to them. No. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for taking my call. Have a great rest of the show. All right, Adam. Thanks as always for being part of it. Okay. All right. Six, four, six, five, nine, five, two, zero, four, eight. Hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 754. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's happening, Garrett? It's Jerome. How you feeling? What's up, Jerome? I'm doing good. How you uh, feeling this week? Ah, uh, man. You know, the, the, you know, two-game winning streak, uh, seeing things turn around uh, offensively uh, with some adjustments there, you know, that, you know, we're pleased with. Uh, Gary, I didn't see that performance out of the offensive line coming Saturday with, you know, Gauthier and then moving uh uh, um, uh, number 52 over to to left tackle, and then Alex Gall, who has been uh, been been to, to say the least, who, who's been uh, pretty much picked on pretty good by Hurricane fans, including myself. And uh, he played a a very good game. You know, I, I thought they played well enough for Kaya to maybe complete more passes than he did because you know he he, he like Greg said, he had a lot of time to throw. You know. He had he had he had some time to throw. It was it was amazing sitting there watching this this take place the way it was, man. Because we've been used to seeing him hurried and rushed and you know you know under so much duress, uh, you know. But to see him actually have time, that was that was something. That was a pleasant surprise, Gary. It really was. That was a pleasant surprise, Gary. I, I was going I went to, out, to explain ahead. to me how how those guys could play as poorly as they played in some of those games in the middle of the season, and and how well they've played the last two weeks. Um, the the best explanation I can come up with is matchups. Yeah, you know, I yeah. I, I, I think a lot of yeah. it's matchups and week to week, and you know, I think Virginia was a very favorable matchup for the offensive yeah. line. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, it's also, I think it's, you know, rubber hit the road with with some of these guys I was talking with you last week with Milo and some of these other guys. You know, hey, they, you got to let them know, hey, man, you, you're not going to be around here long if you, if you can't step up, you know, and play. If we throw, we, we can't we can't accept failure anymore. And, you know, I kind of got a little bit of that reading, you know, in between the lines of, 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 uh, of this is because, of, you know, the guys are banged up, man, Lender. Uh, uh, darling, you know, with Dallin, and, and there's no telling about who else, but it is, uh, you know, everybody nicked up pretty good, too, you know, but, you know, in case we may lose somebody else and then somebody come in. you guys got to play, Gary. They got to play. I think the Florida State game was so physical that the whole team was just there. It was a beaten up football team by the time it got to those other games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you saw they went for blood. They went for blood. Yeah, they went for blood. You saw it get progressively yeah. worse. I mean, yeah. You know, and it was just a beaten up team. Hey, Gary, turn into basketball for a moment. I went to the game Friday night. Gary, yeah, I gotta you? say this here. This is probably the. This is without a doubt the most athletic, off the chart athletic team that they have yeah. uh, this season. I mean, uh, just. 
they more likely athletic teams play very good defense, and I think that's where they're going to be a very good defense. Three-point shooting, Gary, is something. Well, we might not see the same level of three-point shooting we've, we've become accustomed to, but uh, defense and just uh, uh, on-the-ball defense and, and, and uh, getting up the floor as fast as they can, you, you, I think we're going we're gonna to really like what we see here. And then uh, with this kid, you, you're saying, hopefully, I'm, I'm shocked that they're saying this kid here, considering Miami, we, that means this program has grown leaps and bounds for this kid to come down to us and a, and, a, and a powerhouse like a Kentucky or Louisville or, or UCLA or, or North Carolina, that that that, say, that speaks volume for Coach Larinaga, man. It's big they, they're just, they, they are doing an unbelievable job over there. I mean, just unbelievable. And uh, it'll be exciting. I mean, if this kid commits, it's going to be, you know, this year I think it's going to be exciting um, in, in some way, shape, or form. And then you know, next year with the recruiting class they have coming in and what they have coming back, and I yeah. mean, wow, yeah. Miami basketball yeah. is you know is, is on the cusp of ex- exploding right now. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, the other kids. You look at the other kids they have in the recruiting class. This Chris likes guard. He's small, but he's such an explosive athlete. Um, he'll, he'll he should make an immediate impact as a backup point guard. Um, yeah. The kid that I'm really anxious to see because. The people I talk to tell me he's a pro. Is this Sam Wardenberg kid from New Zealand, um, okay. who I think is, is is way better than than people realize. the The Dengak kid I think is probably a little bit more of a project. It's going to take a couple right. years to develop yeah. him. But if you take what mm-hmm. they have coming back, throw in Wardenberg and likes, and this and if they get this Lonnie Walker kid, um, the, the, they'll become the favorite in the ACC next year. They'll be right yes, there with Duke and Carolina, and, and people are going to be putting them on their lists as possible Final Four teams. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, uh, Gary, the the kid uh, from New Orleans, the freshman from New Orleans, Gary, that kid is long, man. He looked like he got a seven foot wingspan, man. Yeah, I he's going to be he, he's going to be very good, no doubt. Yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah, good and, as advertised. I was watching yeah, and, him shoot, shoot in the gym the other day. He's got three point range too. He, 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 he's going to be a hell of a player. Yeah, yeah. Just so, so it's um, you know, hey, um, tomorrow night they go up in North Florida, playing North Florida, and they go on through the through the through the uh, that tournament. I want to see what they're going to look like when they go through their, their little tournament, you know, uh, non conference tournament, and, and see see what they built up on that. And then you got the Big Ten challenge with Rutgers, and then yeah. you. We really don't know. The real test is when they get in the ACC, as you know, Gary, man, you know. But, Gary, getting back to football, Gary, I, I believe recruiting musical chairs where coaches get fired and everything, I think we just keep the basket up in there and stand up under the tree. Some, 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 some good fruit's going to fall into our basket, man. Mm-hmm. I really do. I really feel I like if somebody, somebody you, you maybe, you know, we didn't think we had a shot at. I really think that's the, it's, it's going to work, especially if we happen to win this this tough game. It's going to be tough Saturday because North Carolina State do have a defense and they are physical, and Kyan has to get the ball out of his hands fast. And, but the only thing I would say about North Carolina State is somehow they lost to Boston College, and for years now they've been pretty undisciplined. They, they get a lot of personal fouls. They they had Clemson on the rope, but all the uh, you know penalties killed them. Yeah, you look at Clemson losing to Pittsburgh, and almost they almost lost 
to Florida State. They almost lost um, North Carolina State. Yeah. So, I mean, I got to think Clemson really wasn't as good a team as people thought they were this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to tell you something else about Pittsburgh now. Watching them against the team, Pittsburgh is the type of team, if they don't turn the ball over, they will be a handful for anybody because whoever that offensive coordinator is for them, that that guy is on the ball because he got them doing all kind of stuff, deception. and everything. I mean, then their players don't look like they three stars. For, I, I'm not saying they don't look like it, but if you had to pull up their, 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 you know, when they were recruited, and a lot of them probably wasn't four and five sold out to this, uh, to whatever the, the offensive coordinator is selling, because that's where they're really good at it on offense. They're not as good on defense, particularly against the pass. But Garrett, I, if they, that offensive coordinator, uh, he, he does some pretty good things as far as giving deceptions and moving around motion and everything, which would I like to see Rich do, Employ a little more here with the with the Hurricanes as he moves forward as an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, yeah, I ain't going to hold you up any longer. You, you have a blessed week, man, and, and you're doing a great job, and I look forward to speaking with you. Another thing before I also go, Jay, I think it's a mistake to pass on Dingle because I haven't seen the kid all year long. Well, they haven't the first on him yet. Game. I know, but yeah. I'm just saying, you don't want to burn bridges with that school. That school yeah. has given us Santana Moss, Alan Hearn, uh, uh, Katie Phillips. We don't want to do that. I'm telling you, you don't want to send bad vibes when you're trying, when you're, where we are right now going up, and especially with, with a school that has fed us so well. You don't want to do that. That kid, can he, he may need some more speed, but he may just be a physical receiver. And I think for them to, to, to try to slack off on him, Go after those those other guys, but keep him in the fold. Don't lose him. I'm telling you, I've seen him play. The kid can play. All right. Well, I mean, it just looks like, you know, things might be cooling a little bit there for whatever reason, but let's not jump the gun. He's still on the commitment. Well, I know because Allen Hearns, Allen Hearns didn't really have a whole lot of great numbers, but they, 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 they got him, and look what he's done for, for, the, for the program and what he's doing with Jacksonville now. I mean, the, the, the kid – he 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 he's more sharp on his route running. He can use some more speed, and, and you know he could he can get a little faster. But that can happen with hard work if he you know. But by by going to that school, Carroll City, I I I don't I'm not comfortable. Uh, uh, you know this you know dropping a kid. I ain't gonna say dropping a kid, but giving a kid less attention. You know, sending that message that you want something better when we've gotten some pretty good players from that school. All right, Gary. I don't right. hold you up any longer. Just put me on hold. You know, that's a legit point you're making, so we'll see what happens. All right, man. Thank you for All being right. part of this show. Give us a call again next week. All right, guys. Let me take a moment now and talk a little bit about one of our sponsors that we mentioned to you at the beginning of the show, and that's MyBookie.ag. And they've been with us now for several weeks, and uh, Canes fans all over the globe have been signing up to MyBookie.ag. Uh, based on the reports I've been getting and and checking them out as a source for their online wagering of all types. And, you you know, you go on their site, they've got a casino, you could bet on the horses there. And obviously the major draw is sports betting. And, uh, you know, you know who's going to win the game. So it's time to put your money where your mouth is and get some money on the game and score a big win today at MyBookieAG. 
where you can join thousands of online players and start betting. And um, they have live in-game betting, so you can even place a bet after kickoff. And unlike some other websites you might find, mybookie.ag offers fast, no-hassle payouts when you win. You've heard me talk about them all season. They've got a great deal for Canes fans. If you join now, MyBookie will match your initial deposit with a 100% bonus. You sign up, use the promo code Canes, C-A-N-E-S, to activate the offer. So visit MyBookie.ag today or call 844-900-BETS. That's 844-900-BETS. You play, you win, and you get paid. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you've got to check out my bookie, like so many Kane Sport Live listeners have done this season. Sign up today. All right, returning back to your calls, 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go out now to the... 754. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I've already done that one. Let's go out to the 404, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Uh, Gary, this is Uki 08. Hey, what's up, Uki? How you doing this week? I'm doing all right, man. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. Everyone's happy. My my job yeah, is easy with you guys. When you guys are all happy, things are easy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we don't have 100 Uh, posts a day on the message boards that have to be deleted. We're not banning anybody. Everyone's behaving themselves. I mean, it's it's great. It's fun. I um, want to talk about recruiting a little bit. And um, uh, I want to point, you know, something that I'm just, like, curious about when it comes to these local recruits, South Florida recruits. And it seems like they hold Miami – the, the program to a certain certain uh certain standard when it comes to recruiting. Like, you know, the guy that before he was mentioned about, you know, Miami going cool on one of the re- local recruits and, you know, um, you know, and talking about not burning bridges. But what I don't understand is if UF came in and was recruiting this kid but went cool on this kid or Saban or anybody else did it, it would be fine, and it was, those coaches would still be welcome back to that school with no problem, and send kids to that school with no problem. But Miami does it, then it's a problem. And it's like, you know, I've and I and I, and I've seen people talk to, people talk about like they, Miami's supposed to take these certain type of players just because they're local recruits, but they don't want to send their stud players to Miami. So I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand where's the loyalty to the home to, to the home program. Where Miami has went out, spent money on the, on the coaching staff, but I see people jumping who jump to Hugh Freeze, who has not, who doesn't even have the resume that Mark Rick has. But Hugh Freeze in his first year could pull a top ten, top five recruiting class. How does that even work? And so, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't understand some of these kids' logic and some of their, you know, I mean, like, where, what is it that they you know, you see the progress that Miami's making this year on the field with young people, with young people, with freshmen, true freshmen on the field. It's showing you that, you know, a few pieces here, a few pieces here, you guys are like the – could be the final piece of that can put Miami over that edge. 
but it's always, oh, Miami's got to do this, or Miami's got to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand, like, why is it that Miami's got to go far and beyond, but anybody that's out of state or whatever. Yeah, you're probably, making a, you're probably making a fair point. I mean, you can't just take kids because they're from South Florida if you don't feel that they're going to be able to come in and play. And, exactly. you know, I, I think if, 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 if the coaches are, in fact, making a determination of that sort, then I don't have any problem with it. You know, the only thing I would say that would go more in the direction of, of what the previous caller was talking about is why take the commitment in the first place? You know, that's the, that's the only thing I think. I think, and I'm not saying that this current staff is a victim of this because we haven't seen any evidence of that by any stretch of the imagination. But I think the, the Golden staff very often fell victim to, to, to taking commitments from kids that they never should have taken and you know then it would lead to problems down the road and um you know i'm a big believer in being very selective in who you take commitments from early but but yeah and that's true but it, it, we have seen certain coaches like meyer saban uh jimbo who have done things like this took his commitments from some other people and later on dropped them but catch no slack or flack from, from it and but when Miami does it, then it's a problem. Then the local coaches and local uh, uh, whoever guys are, you know, they're they're angry about it. You know, how how in the hell is Miami to ever get better if they don't have, if they can't go after the right guys that they need to, to fit this system to better their program? But you're absolutely right. It, but, it, but it comes with respect. You know, you, you you're right now you're in a situation where the the, the program, the coaching staff is, is reaching for that respect. And I think once you get the respect, then people question less about what you do. I mean, it's it, it, you know, I mean, nobody questions well, anything well, 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 that Nick Saban does or Urban Meyer does, or you know, I think I think you earn that respect by winning and having success. Well, don't shouldn't uh, Rick, Mark Rick get that benefit of the doubt, being in the fact that he has the, the Look, resume, the proof George, of record to, to these people. Let's draw a line at Palm Beach, okay? These people, and by people I'm talking about, high school coaches, youth league coaches, whatever, from Palm Beach, the north side of Palm Beach on down south, for example. I mean, Georgia recruited in South Florida. Mark Richt made it through town every year. But exactly. It, it, but, it, but it's not like they were recruiting – like a a large volume of kids down here. I mean, you're talking a couple kids a year that they were recruiting. He'd pop into town, visit, make a visit, and he'd he'd be off. I mean, he they got, don't have he a got what he, he got they don't have a relationship. But, but you got to understand, like they don't have that kind of relationship yet. You know, now they're mm-hmm. developing it, and and they've done a great job of reaching out to the coaches and having the kids on campus and the coaches on well, campus. You and, could say the same yeah. thing for um, for Harbaugh, uh, uh, Gary. And he hasn't. He he didn't have before he came here, and he was at Stanford. He didn't heavily recruit South Florida, but he's been able to come down here and pretty much get what he wants. So it's like a double standard. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, let's see. Let's wait and see. You know, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Let's see if he holds on to the kid at Heritage, or if he ends up flipping away from Michigan, like I think he will. And. um you know, I'm not willing to say he's coming down here and just taking everything he wants. I mean, he got a few kids. I agree. Well, I'm not gonna say that, that he's taking everything he wants, but he's. I don't. 
they'll get what they want. You know what I'm saying? Like they, because I don't, I don't, I think they know they're not going to get every single player that they want. But they come down here and get what they need to, to cover. You know what I'm saying? To fit their, their, their class. Miami, on the other hand, you know, it's, it's just like it's, it's like a pulling teeth with some of these recruits. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the facilities, the uh, the indoor facilities and stuff like that, the, the stadium and all that stuff. And Miami's done all it is can with the upgrades and upgrading the staff. And it's still like, well, you know what I'm saying? I still need to see this. I still need to see that. You know what I'm saying? When I see some of these coaches that, that, that they're running to, you know what I'm saying, they're not showing that much at, at all either. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm just a little frustrated with some of the recruits that, uh, you know, they, they feel like, you know, like, it's, it's, I just, I just, sometimes I just kind of wonder where's that loyalty for the hometown because you see it with Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio, and, and Ohio I think you'll State. see it come. I, I know what you're saying. I think you'll see it develop. But, you know, people, a lot of people think, like, you know, respect is just a – a, a right or you know respect i don't care what you're talking about at any level of life or anywhere respect has to be earned usually respect's not automatic that's true that's true but i if, that, if that's the case then gary we gotta we're gonna i, look, I looked over the miami's wins the last couple of years we're gonna have to do better than beat the pitch the virginians of the other year if we're trying to earn respect if that, if I agree. That's, that's what it's all about we got. We're gonna to have to start beating. I agree, be and, and and now an, another season has gone by where there was and an Miami opportunity. Miami has not beaten a team, and Miami is not beating a team the worth talking about. There was an and, opportunity I mean, to do it, and it didn't happen. Exactly, but hopefully, and you're you know, right. It's got to change. Like it. it has to change. We thought yeah. it might change this year. Now we're looking the next year. But you know what? Yeah. Maybe they can get a decent bowl opponent. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like maybe we can finish this finish the year strong and maybe we we go up we, we face a team like georgia or Ole miss you know and uh you know we can go up against the sec team and you know to show that hey you know we're taking that next step yeah totally agree and right, i think Gary, they will can, um, can they win these last two games i think they will end up with that type of bowl opponent and a decent bowl game yep Let's hope so, all right thank, thank you for being part of the show give us a call next week all right keep me all you got it. Let's go out to the 305. You're live on Kingsport Live. What's up, Gary? Schmeyer 55. What's up, Schmeyer? How you doing this week? Ah, doing all right. Doing all right. Um, what was I going to tell you? God, I've been on, on hold for a little bit just driving home. Um, oh, if I have to say it every week, I'll be happy to say it. I, this defense is really just unbelievable, and they just keep surprising me week in and week out of how good they really are, and it's just – Truly just unbelievable, and I think one of the better coaching jobs I've ever seen at Miami in my uh, 35 years of living. <laughs> you know, I said it at the beginning of the show. I think that I think the job that's been done by Manny Diaz is, is one of the stories of the year in college football. It I has mean, to be. And, like, um, I also – yeah, I mean, and I, I it was me who wrote that I'm 99% sure I saw Mullins come in the game – with like a minute left on like that garbage possession they had before they down the ball. I'm pretty I've sure. Check 99... I got to check it. I, 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 I got to double check that. Because... Yeah. I got to double check it. A lot of people have said that. And, and um, I got to double check it because I thought they yeah. were trying to register. He hadn't played. So did I. And when I saw him run out, I mean, he was definitely dressed for the game and I saw him come out on the field and 
you know, and I'm I'm 99% sure that was him. Gary, let me ask you a quick question. So, is the ACC is the is the ACC just average from top to bottom? Are they above average from top to bottom? Because it really doesn't seem like there's any truly bad teams in the ACC, or is it just all think, about just what? What do you think? I think there's a lot of there's a lot of parity, but there's not a really good team this year. Okay. I mean, Louisville, because of the quarterback, might be the closest thing. But, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that they're great either. We'll find out when we get to the playoff. Right. I mean, because, I mean, from what I had saw, I, th- I thought Pittsburgh was a pretty good team. And then Miami comes out and beats them in every facet of the game over here. And I'm like, wow, maybe I was really wrong on Pitt. And then they go into Clemson and beat Clemson in Clemson. So you have to be like, what's going on here? And, well, you yeah, know, I, I mean, saw, I, I, I watched... just think there's a lot of parity. You know, and I, and I think Louisville, when they go against those teams in the playoff, whether it's Alabama or Ohio State, um, assuming they stay on course and they get to the playoff, I, I don't think they're going to hold up. Right, because I saw them almost lose to Duke, and I saw them almost lose to Virginia. And, I mean, Virginia looked like, I mean, I, I, Miami dominated that game in every facet of the game, if you ask me. I mean, it really truly wasn't that close. I mean, they got a free touchdown at the beginning of the game. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, so, I guess we're just – yeah, I would agree that Louisville's probably – probably, they could probably lose to this Houston team, and Houston's not that good on Thursday night. Possibly. Yeah. You there? Um, what was the yep. other point I wanted to make? And just uh, what what is your uh, assessment of the offensive line and how the offensive line is really just – Stepped it up. Was it all? Are we going to put this all on uh, Toy Linder? Is that is, was he the problem? You know, I wouldn't put it all on him, but I think I would put a, 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 a great deal of it on him. I, I have to believe he was playing hurt for a couple of weeks, and just eventually reached the point where he just couldn't go anymore. And then you know, I, I mean, I don't have any other explanation for how poorly he was playing. I mean. All right. I mean, in this NC State team, I mean, they're two plays away from beating. They should have beat Florida State if the kid catches a surefire, you know, interception. And you could have probably kicked that field goal against Clemson to beat them. So, I mean, they should have beat possibly the best two teams in the conference. I mean, I guess we'll see. But, I mean, it's strange that Miami's a a three-point favorite in – over there, but I guess we'll, well I think people are just respecting how well Miami's been playing the last couple of weeks. But I agree with yeah. you. I think they're obviously a very dangerous team. I think it's going to be a very tough out. Yeah. But it's okay. But it's but mean, that's fine. I mean, you know, we, yeah. there's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with having a good measure here. You know. You know what? I'll tell you one thing. Just my observation of the team I'm in back. You know. Obviously, in the heyday of the glory days, you know, 2000s and before, Miami's a, Miami's always had, like, a dynamic punt returner, kick returner, just a major athlete. And you haven't seen anything close to that in the last 10 years. I mean, they got to start – I mean, how how does this team have Malcolm Lewis and Gus Edwards or whatever and Braxton Berrios returning kicks? I mean, these kids – I mean, other than Braxton's good, nice play against FSU, I mean, you haven't really seen a – explosive play in in a while in that facet. I mean, they, they got to get that 
start recruiting that athlete. I guess maybe Sam Bruce was maybe supposed to be that. Obviously, that will never happen. Well, but, I, I think you I would mean, have loved for Stacey Coley to be involved in that aspect of the game, but I well, guess they, they they made a decision. You're that trying they, to send that kid to the hospital? Well, that's <laughs> that my point. Yeah, I, they, clearly, yeah. they clearly made a decision there uh, that they didn't want to subject him to the extra pounding of returning kickoffs. <laughs> so, you know, I think ideally your depth gets better. As time goes by, I mean, you agree with that, though. How, how does how do they have Malcolm Lewis and Gus Edwards returning kick? I don't know. I, and, I don't know. I would. I, mean, I would have. I may have tried Travis Homer in that role. Right. I, yeah. Maybe they don't trust him, and then Barrios. And like I said, I, the way they use him, I, I don't understand. They have him wide out. He should be, you know, in the slot. I never understood that, and they're just. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess he's I, just another guy. Like. They like to get Coley and Richards sometimes on the slot for matchup purposes. You know, Barrios uh, on a lot of those I mean, plays. He's, on a lot of those plays, he's just a decoy. He's a decoy. He's a decoy. Yeah, yeah. that's what he is. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they're really I mean, looking for matchups in, in the slot with yeah. uh, Coley and Richards. Yeah, I feel. But I mean, the kid's a good app, and I think that he's just not in the right system. I, I could. I mean, he might not be the best athlete, but he's got great hands and he runs great, great routes. I mean, I, I, I guess they're just not using him. You know, it's not the right system for him. And I feel bad because I think he could really be a good college football player. And it's, it is what it is. I mean, I don't feel bad for him, but you know, I just don't think that they use him correctly, but I mean, he had his one chance the other day and they threw a bomb to him on a nine route. I, I mean, that's obviously not his uh, forte because he's not that much of a burner. Yeah, I think you're making a legitimate uh, point. Yeah, and just now with, with recruiting, and I and I, what's up with the the linebackers? The kid, uh, I mean, they make a whole sad story the other day how the one kid from Central hurts his knee, and Miami's going to honor his scholarship, and he'll be at, enrolling at University of Miami next. Year. You know, the kid's taking uh, official visits all over the place. I mean, is there anything to be worried about there? The you know um, talking about? No, say it again. The kid from Central, I think he hurt his knee, and Donaldson? I guess someone had wrote – no, 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 no. It maybe doesn't oh, go to Central. Oh, you're talking about the linebacker. Steve. Steve, yeah. okay. Right, and then I read somewhere that the father came out with a quote saying he's going to be enrolling at University of Miami. They're honoring his scholarship, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, didn't he – is he going on like official visits now and everything like that and testing the waters? Did I yeah, – I mean, a, did I make a lot up? of – a lot of these kids have agreements with the coaching staff that they can take their visits, okay. you know, that that, right. that are kind of like silent agreements with the coaches. Okay. Right. I wouldn't like, you know, and somebody I'm, asked me earlier in the show about DJ Johnson. I, w- I, I, I wouldn't get all, don't get all caught up in all this stuff. Like, you know, I mean, a couple of these kids may fall by the wayside. There's no doubt it's recruiting, but um, you got to remember a lot of these kids don't get to go to a lot of places through their lives, and, and, and these are chances for them to get out of state, see some different things. And if there's schools out there that want to believe that they can come to their school and give them free trips, they're going to take them. And the funniest thing is most of them, when we talk to them, they outright say, yeah, I'm just going on a vacation. I mean, they, you, all you got to do is read, uh, read the articles on our site. You know, you see every, all these kids, yeah, I'm just going for the free trip, you know, get out of town for the weekend. Like, they don't even, like, lie about it. You know, I mean, they're very honest. Right. No, and then just my overall, just with recruiting, I could tell you that this, the difference between this staff and Golden staff was 
And I, I mean, I guess maybe you have this kid dingle. I don't know if he's going to, you know, stick with it or not, but with golden, I think a lot of the kids would use Miami to get an offer, meaning they'd use it as like a stepping stone to get other offers and that they would just commit to decommit, blah, blah, blah. You really don't see a Rick handing out offers like this Halloween candy. You don't see that, you know, cause an offer to golden was crazy. I mean, they would just, they would just hand it out to anyone. They'd take anyone's commit. It seems to be a little bit more structured. You don't see as many decommits, but yet you don't see this crazy amount of commitments. And I think that's a much better standard to go by than seeing just these crazy commitments and decommitments, because that's just making a mockery of the system. And I never liked how they, and I think the kids used them. And I think the coach coaches use the kids and it, it, it under golden. And I'm just happy. You don't see that like you did prior years and I could be wrong and come February we could see a mass exodus of kids and new kids come in I don't know but from just the overall you don't see that as much as you used to I don't know if you agree with that disagree or see that as a major difference I couldn't agree more you know we were talking about that a little earlier a little earlier in the show tonight. I mean, I thought that the Golden Gosh, staff. Gosh, I must have missed a lot in the first twenty minutes. Gosh, every yeah, you got to go back. I missed. You got to go back later and listen yeah. to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we talked about that, and and um, yeah, okay. I, I felt I felt the Golden Staff was was way too loose in the acceptance I, I, of of commitments. I, I mean, not to name names, but I would. I've seen kids go there. I'd go with the coaches, like we're basically going to commit to Miami to get other offers to leverage that to get better, to get better, uh, better opportunities. And I was like, well, I mean, what can I, I'm not going to say anything. It is what it is. I mean, but I was like, this is ridiculous. So it's making a mockery of the system. And I'm sure the, the uh, vice versa on the other side would take a commit. Just it is what it is without even intentions of taking the kid. And I think that's what kind of led to a big riff with the high school coaches and everything like that. And, Right. If you don't want to take a kid, don't offer him. And if you want to offer him, take him. Like this kid, Hartley, it seems like, you know, the kid from St. Thomas, they did their homework. They offered him a commitment, I mean, a scholarship. And if he wants to come here, he could come here. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a legitimate offer. And I think that's what all of college football needs to go back to, you know, stuff like that, opposed to these phantom offers when they really don't, there is not an offer. So, all right, agree well, with you more. I just wanted to really. Yeah, I just wanted to really commend that defense because, like I said, in every week that I've called, I've said that this defense is really not geared to be successful just with their, just with the lack of talent, lack of kids that are true freshmen playing, and they're really holding their heads to the bargain. And I'm happy to see the offense finally clicking because they actually do have the numbers and the players, unlike the defense, and for that defense just to play as hard and as physical and as fast and as violent as they do every week is just unbelievable and they've held up and it's just really great to see you know things going the right direction over there and I hope it continues and I hope we have a nice call next Tuesday after a nice victory sounds good Robert thanks for being part of the show as always all right I'll speak to you soon Gary talk you to you next week yeah right, let's go out to the 904 you're live on Kane Sport Live Gary how you doing man it's Antoine from Jacksonville how you doing man hey what's up Antoine how you doing this week and I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, man. I I'm watching the Canes. They're doing all right, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm pretty much I'm pretty much uh pretty much happy with what's going on. Uh, I want to ask you something uh, about recruiting, man, and I can't figure it out, and I need somebody to tell me something. 
Um, there's a kid that plays for Blade Central. His name is Quintino or Juanito Allen. Mm-hmm. When you watch his highlights, this kid is one of the more explosive players that I've seen in a few years. Like, he looks like an almost can't-miss D1 talent. And I haven't heard anything about Miami recruiting this guy. You know how they keep saying that we just gave Harley an offer? I actually like this kid better than I like Harley, but I haven't heard anything about this kid. Like, nothing. And I'm looking at the highlights like, are you serious? Well, I mean, you, you know he's committed, to Oregon. he's committed to Oregon State. Yeah, but we're not even trying to – we're not even no, talking to this they, kid. They, I know that for whatever reason they didn't offer him. That kid, have you have you ever watched his film? Have you ever watched like the first three minutes of this and just watching and you'll say, So we're not recruiting this kid at all? Like uh, well, he's, he's super They were told, they were messing around with him early. When they they stopped recruiting him after spring. My my guess, in all honesty, without knowing for sure, is you know, maybe he's got great issues or so there's there's some reason that they're not wasting their time dealing with him at all. So you know okay, he, he, he maybe he's a non qualifier. Um, I haven't tell me that. I haven't better. done any research on him because from well, I don't know. I haven't, done, I haven't done any research on him. We haven't written about him since April. I want you. So, I don't want you to do it right now on this call. I want you to watch it when you get some time and you and watch his film and say, okay, I hope this kid got great grade problems. He better have grade problems. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Okay, you're um, a fan. I want, yeah, that kid is, that, no, no, I'm not a fan. I, I just, I know, I kind of can look at talent and say, okay, that kid is going to be, like I saw Amon uh, Richards last year and was like, that kid is explosive, which leads me to my next point. I actually, I, I know he was a four-star, and I know Joe Jackson was a four-star. I think those kids are actually five-star talents. I actually believe that, they underrated those two guys. Amar Richards, because we, we've seen it, basically, we've seen it. Like, you can look at all the guys that are rated above him as far as wide receivers, the five-star guys. He, he, he's, he's the best freshman receiver in the country, and he's not even close. But Joe Jackson is maybe the best player on our defense that nobody actually talks about. That kid gets held on almost every play. He flashes more than Chad Thomas does. Like, this kid is not just because he gets fumble recoveries and fumble returns. He almost gets held almost every play because that's the only way to kind of keep him out of the backfield. That kid, in three year, in two years from now, when he's a junior, he's gone. Like Richards is gone. Those are, those are actually five-star talents. So I, I don't think Robles actually – I think they pretty was close. They was pretty close on the four star. Those kids are elite five star guys. They're gonna be gone in three years. Those, those kids are gone, man. Joe Jackson, have you have you watched Joe Jackson? Just watched him, like just watched him. Yeah, I think I think once he gets into the weight room for for a full year, he's gonna be and, unbelievable. And he didn't even he, he didn't even come in and he didn't come in in the in the the winter like Shaq. He they he just got here. That kid hadn't even went through uh, any weight training or anything. That kid is yeah. a monster. Uh, um, I'm going to say another thing, man. Uh, most of this call is going to be about recruiting, but I think we need to start recruiting defensive tackles, man. We need to go hard. I know we're not going hard. We're only going for four, and we're probably going to go a little bit harder next year. 
Uh, Gary, I I watch college football. I I don't just watch Miami. So when I tell you something, I see I, I'm not just saying this to a Miami fan. Those kids, Norton and McIntosh, those kids may be gone next year. I'm telling you. Those kids really jump off the screen. And I've watched Alabama and Michigan and Clemson has a monster. They do have a monster. Um, I've watched uh, Washington, all the top teams, Ohio State. And I'm looking at next year, the two, those two guys coming back. I think they may be the best together, tandem, defensive tackles in the country. I really believe, like, those two kids, like, together, like, those two guys, I watch and I'm like, these kids are coming back next year. These kids are monsters. They're monsters now. I really think we need to start recruiting defensive tackles because they may not be here after next year. How, what do you feel on that? Those kids, what, what do you feel on that? Uh, I, I mean, way too premature to worry about that right now. I mean, okay. let's just see how they okay. how they continue to develop. Okay. I agree with you that they're doing very well. I'm not ready to say they're ready to be first round draft picks. No, I, I, I'm not saying first round. I'm just saying they may be going. Well, you don't year. leave early to get drafted in the second or third. Man, when you're when you're that now, you know you I have history. the potential that those guys have. You don't leave early you know until you're ready to leave. Gary, Tommy yep. Streeter, Marcus Fortson, come on, man. Come on, man. You know I hear Tom, a guy even before they're supposed to go. And, and those guys have a chance to be NFL players that are very good. I, I know that. And you don't leave yeah. before you're ready. It costs yourself millions of dollars. That's, I, well, 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 that'd be, I, you, now, now, me and you know that. I'm just saying that some team may get in their ear and say, hey, we're going to pick you in the second round or something like that. And they may think, well, I may not get – uh, twenty million dollar signing bonus, but I get five. I mean, I'm just saying that that those kids look like NFL D tackles, and they they kind of complement each other. That's why I think they may be one of the best talents, if not the best talent in the country next year. But that's all I really wanted to say, man. I wanted to talk about defensive tackle recruiting, talk about Joe Jackson and Amon Richards. Amon, do you agree that Amon Richards is a five star talent? Do you not agree on that? that. No, I'm not ready. No, I I don't know that you could say that. I mean, look, a five-star talent is a five-star talent is Calvin Ridley. I mean, come on, man. I mean, okay, like, okay. like, like we all we're all drinking the Kool Aid. We love Amon Richards. He's had no, a no, great no, no, year. No, 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 no. But I, I think would you, would you agree with me that he's not Calvin Ridley, for example? He's not Calvin Ridley, but there were guys last year on rivals that were rated above him. How many receivers were rated above him? I look at, th- th- I don't want I, I, I don't want to compare him to Calvin Ridley because Calvin Ridley is the class before him. I want to compare him to the guys who had who were higher rated than him last year. It, apples to apples, not a guy that's right, older well, than him. Well, go a ahead guy, and do, yeah, go ahead and do that research. Do that research this week yeah, and give us a call yeah, back. I, I've, 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 I've already done it. He's better. All right. than him. I've already I've already seen it. So like I said, I, I'm not gonna hold you up, man. But uh, I just want to, I want you to look at that kid's Allen's film, and I'm gonna call you next week, and I want you to tell me what you see because if you see what I see. If he don't have grade problems, this gonna be a kid that's gonna slip through the cracks, and we gonna, we gonna wonder what what went on, man. But uh, good. Like right. We had a good game, I, man. I, I got, and I've got his video up on my screen, and after the show, I'll take a look at. It. All right, man. I I I'll talk to you next week, buddy. You got it, man. Thanks for calling. All right, good. Let's go to the nine one seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, going twice. All right, you got to call back. Stay ready. Uh, let's go to the 954. Oh, did you tell me did that and you don't 
Uh-huh. Are you guys having a having a family conversation? Going once, going twice. All right. Oh, sorry, just cut you off. You just got to call back. Let's go to the seven eight six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, how you doing tonight? Doing great. How you doing tonight? Oh, doing fantastic. Uh, another great show. Uh, I wanted to touch base on a few things that uh, noticed uh, this past weekend in uh, Charlottesville. Um, don't know if it was the change in, in center and, and, and the change that Mark made a couple weeks ago in that second half of Notre Dame of doing more things in the shotgun and put him more in a put Brad more in a comfortable spot uh, where he feels better about things and, and makes better decisions. But I don't know if that was a little bit of, of, of what caused it for him to, to look. Uh, he still looked comfortable back there this past week. I don't know if it was a change in center or not, but. Uh, one thing that I noticed was that uh, he was rushing things again, and he was throwing off his back foot a few times, off his front foot a few times, and I, I just I, I don't see um, I didn't see I didn't see the progress he had made the previous game and a half. Um, and again, I don't I don't know what caused it, especially when all, he had tons of time to throw. But um, just a little frustrating to see him take a step, kind of step backwards. I, I don't think you know Mark's going to come out and say that. Obviously, mess with his um, with his confidence. Well, I don't, but I don't think what you're saying is unfair. I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure at times this year, Mark's been a little frustrated as the guy that's coaching Brad Kaya that he hasn't been able to get him performing at a higher level than what he has. And then there's times where he's done very well. Yeah, and and, and uh, with this upcoming uh, week week's opponent, um, looking at a very athletic front seven. A lot of blitz packages. I mean, they really get after. They're an aggressive defense, um, and uh, their their ability to hold teams under 100 yards on the ground speaks volumes, especially in the ACC. I know it's not a marauder type league, but still, uh, uh, looking at some of the tape against them and, and Florida State, and uh, you know the Notre Dame game was kind of a wash in the rain and all that. But uh, I saw their East Carolina game a little bit, but they lost. And uh, I mean they, they, they've got uh, they've got some weaknesses in the, in the back line, and I'm hoping that he has enough time to expose those. But their front seven is pretty damn good. That's one of the best to, ones I've seen thus far yeah, this year. To, to me, the Pittsburgh game plan is what you want for this game. You know, accommodate yeah. you, you max protect, keep them off Kaya, and let your playmakers make plays in their secondary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the job that uh, a couple of callers back, uh, y'all, someone mentioned the job that Alex Gall had done. Um, uh, it, it also lets you know, I, I think, how hurt Linder has been all year. I mean, he hasn't been 100%. I mean, you've seen he had to be playing hurt. Whether he, was, whether he was revealing it or not revealing it, I don't know. But, I mean, he was so bad in that Notre Dame game. Pretty bad, uh, Gary. And, um, you know, looking at how that uh, translates into what we need to do this this uh, this off season in terms of recruiting, and Levant continues to be the number one guy we have to maintain. We have to keep that kid. That doesn't change day in and day out. And I could tell us how many stars you're looking at four, three, or five. I mean, you can tell a difference maker. And this kid has been so consistent uh, throughout his high school uh, career. I just he's the best kid I've seen in a long time coming out of here. Out of the the, the three hundred five, I and mean, he's he's got the best offensive line in the last ten years. I mean, I I just can't think of another one. I don't know if you can, but I, I certainly can't. I would agree. And uh, so I I think he's the number one kid. You know, it, um, 
I'm not going to go overboard here or, or, or get overly concerned with a couple of kids saying, hey, I'm not feeling the love right now. Um, yeah, you know, they want to be able to get the top-tier guys, but they're not getting any top-tier guys from Dade County this year or from the Tri-County here. They're, they're not going to get, unless it's just keeping the law, they're not going to get any. They're not going to get, you know, Judy's the best one. He's the most explosive player that's out here. Yeah. Um, he's the one that's physically ready, mature-wise. Uh, extremely great work ethic. I mean, this kid is just—he's ready to go. Yeah, and I think um, he was a package yeah. deal to Bam with Calvin Ridley. I just—they've—I don't think they yeah. ever had a shot with him. No, I mean that's uh, so. You're not getting the best play playmaker that's coming out of here. You're not going to have a chance. It's not going to happen. So even though you would want to be able to get a top tier guy, you're not going to be able to do it locally. And with that in mind, it's even more frustrating to see what happened with, with Henderson. Because in my opinion, I thought Henderson was going to be an offensive guy anyway. Uh, never really projected him as a corner. I don't, he didn't really have that frame for a corner. Um, I, I always saw him, especially when on returns. I mean, this kid makes some, makes some incredible moves. and I, I, I always thought he'd be the, the guy they would bring in and, and put him to play wide receiver. So that, that really hurts now that you've lost him. And obviously he's going to Florida now. Uh, and Randy continues to, to just con- – He's just doing a great job down here. I mean, you have to you have to take your hat off to Randy. He's he's done a fantastic job recruiting down here, and uh, he's not slowing down one bit. But um, I would definitely like to see them get a major playmaker. I just don't think it's going to happen locally. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but uh, I, I just don't see that happening right now in the offensive end. Yeah, I don't think there's that that level of explosive guy there. I mean, there's not another Judy. I mean, no. Grimes, Grimes obviously, obviously at St. Thomas would have been nice to get, but he was locked into Ohio State the whole time. So, I mean, you know, some people might criticize Miami for not getting either one of those guys this year, but they really never had a chance for either one, and I don't think you blame the coaches on that. Those kids were locked into the schools that they're going to long before the you know this staff was ever in place. The kid from St. Thomas that is committed to West Virginia, the only reason why I've, I've always liked that kid is that she, you know, you can't teach, you know, legit four, four, three, four, four speed at, at this age without getting that next level training. I mean, I, I know he's small, and I know he's he, he's, he's yeah, not he'll brittle. Be, he'll he's be a not... specialist, but, you know, now that you don't have Sam Bruce tying up a roster spot, you can devote a spot to a guy like that. I mean, but, but I but I think you have to come in hard, and that's not happening, Gary. Um, it's like, well, we're still waiting to get the top tier kid. That's not going to happen. Um, cup, that, that's one issue. That and and you know what? They're probably willing to live with that. Obviously, you know. I mean, you know, sometimes as as a you got to be willing to live with that. You know, it's like, listen, this program needs to upgrade the level of talent on the roster, period. Okay, and if that means offending a 5'8 receiver who, if you take him, is, is, you know, is just not physically capable of being anything more than a specialist, you know, a guy that you get a few touches a game to or something here or there, um, you got to be willing to live with that. You know, if you're trying to sign a Devonta Smith out of Louisiana. Yeah, I- I agree. You know, I, maybe, I, I get you. Know, you and I agree. Let me take one at the top JUCO receiver in the country. You know, uh, you, you, you know. I'm just saying, like, you have to be willing to live with not getting guys that are on the fringe. 
I, I agree with you, but the point And at is, the end of the day, if those guys really want to go to Miami and they get that opportunity, they'll, they're going to take it. I mean, there's plenty well, of guys that, that were signed late. Robert Knowles, Sheldrick Redwine um, are, two, are two examples on the team right now that I could think of immediately that were last-minute um, last minute, you know, pickups that would fall into this category. Yeah, Gary, but those those are two examples of two kids that will never contribute to winning. They're never well, going to be Red, difference Red, makers. Redline's Red played a ton of ball this year. He's contributing. Oh, he ha- he ha- he has, Gary. And, and, and so, luckily, but my point is, in an ideal world, wouldn't you rather have a better player? Well, in, in I mean, I don't, I'm world, trying to pick on Redline. He, he's a physical kid. He's He's brought a lot to the table, but wouldn't you rather have an elite? If you're recruiting, wouldn't you rather have a more elite player there? Absolutely. If you could? Absolutely. If you ever want to compete for national titles again and ever want to start playing in the damn ACC championship game again, you have to shoot higher in recruiting. You have to upgrade yeah. the level of talent in the program. But, but right now, when you don't have the numbers to begin with. You don't have the depth to begin with. There comes a point where you're going to have to take one or two that aren't there because you got you need bodies there. And right. I, I'm I'm telling you that there are there are there's no way that he can go ahead and, and not get a speed a speed factor but, kid. I don't but, care. But, what but, but listen, we're sitting here in November, right? They pulled mm-hmm. the trigger on that kid. They gave him yeah. the offer. Yeah, well, I, I just think they're not hitting them hard enough, though. And, and you've got to, you've got well, they, every, I mean, everybody they are now. else is out there. They are now. Uh, they better. weren't until yeah. a week or so ago, but they are now. It, it's better. It's better. It's better. Yeah, no question. It's better. And hopefully, you can, you can, hook, uh, you'll get a chance to talk to him maybe this this upcoming week and see how things are going, or just to get a better idea of you know how intense the the attention is. I mean, is it there? on a consistent basis. That's something that we'd love to see. Uh, you get a chance to share that information with us. If you can, if you can get that done, that'd be fantastic. But we've been updating him almost week. Week. We've been writing stories on that kid almost weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the other point I wanted to make, uh, make on the recruiting, uh, you know, linebacker wise, I like the kid that was, that's coming in. Uh, that was at one point committed to Florida State. I, I think he's going to – I think Jennings is his last name. Um, I think that's going to help. But I think you need one more. Uh, and I know that Wilder kind of projects more as a defensive end anyway, uh, more like the position that Joe Jackson and Bethel have played. I think he kind of projects I, there. We'll, we'll, we'll see. He's, he's The last time I saw him face-to-face a few months ago, he was pretty skinny. i tell you what, Gary, it was <laughs> – Rusty Medeiros is pretty damn small too, but that kid, that first step, good luck. You couldn't stop that kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, that that burst, that explosiveness on the line, that kid's fast. I mean, that kid is damn fast. But uh, yeah, I, just a couple of things I wanted to touch base with you. And again, I appreciate everything you do. And hope uh, hope we get another win here on on Saturday. But uh, it's going to be a tough uh, tough contest. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show, Gary. Take care. All right, moving on. Let's go out to the 850 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, you got to call back. Let's go to the uh, 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
Hey, Gary, what's going on? Doing good. Who's this? Ross from Jersey. Hey, what's up, Ross? How you doing this week? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, um, a couple of things for me. I mean, it's, it's quite. It's a really calm show, and you know, we're going. I'm, you know, we're all over the place. You know, as far as fans right now, on your show, and just the previous caller, he's he's making a good point. We 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 got to get difference makers. We do. We um, you know, like, like one of the callers say, we it's been a couple of years now that we're sticking guys out on kick return, which is, you know, embarrassing. I mean, not calling to criticize. We're just we're making points here in this show. I kind of like the way the show's going because we're, we're, we're calling, we're making critical points, and, we're you know, we're enjoying the victories. We're pointing out stuff that's just really kind of like, and I'm going to use the word embarrassing. And, you know, I like Lewis, but we can't have him as a turn because um, the genius. Well, it, it goes along the same lines of what I've been talking about all night, about upgrading the talent in the program. I mean, yeah, they purposely you kicked him the other day. They purposely kicked him. They they yeah. didn't. They could have probably kicked the ball out of. I mean, out of the end zone, but they purposely. You could tell the way they kicked, lofted it up. They purposely wanted him to touch the ball, and not um, the other uh, returner. So you know, you know, you kind of saw my uh, my son a little bit by mentioning that Homer probably should. He should have been the returner. Oh yeah, yes, he fumbled in the first game. I, he almost scored on that on that play too, but he just he fumbled, and I felt like from there they just never gave him a chance to touch the ball after that. And I, and I, I I think when you have exciting freshmen like that with that type of speed, he's making plays all over the special team. Let him touch the ball a little bit on kick return. Let him touch the ball. See what he could do. Maybe he could get you to the forty nine or the fifty, make it a little easier for your quarterback and your offensive line. You know the kind of stuff that we've been going through. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll do that. You know, I just think we'll put, we we do stuff like putting guys on the field that just, you know, just don't it don't look good for the program. It don't. It just absolutely don't look good. As far as um recruiting local talent, um Louisville and and, and and Clemson and some of these schools have done a great job. I don't the kid that's from from St. Thomas where that's going to Ohio State. These are all Ohio kids. You know, schools like um, what do you call it? The school that's in Orlando. Um, I'm losing my train of thoughts right now. Most of those kids, when they transfer into those schools, they're already committed to a certain school that they're, they're just going there for either post grad or going to, to have that type of competition. You know, sometimes it's more provided kids for us, but you could tell some of the kids that's just not interested in going to Miami. And if you're not interested in going to Miami from either some of those schools, it's it's okay because you're not from Miami anyway. And we don't want you, you know, playing games and taking trips and wasting time if you're not thinking about coming to us. But as far as the local kids, yes, some of them do have great problems. But teams like Louisville, look at Louisville, uh, Gary. They got about, they still have about 30 kids or 20 kids that's offensive linemen, defensive linemen. How, where are they, how are they getting these kids and we're not getting them? That, that's that's a question. How are they getting those type kids, and we're not getting them? I mean, look at what's happened in this program for the last ten years. No, no, you're right. I'm I'm just saying, but still, even in this, okay, fine. That, I, I had a feeling you was going to say that, but even in this class, okay, even in this class, we have a pretty good class. But I want guys. I want them to start stealing some of these guys. I want them to flip guys like how they Florida flipping some of our guys in the past well, years. I, I mean, Ross, I think that's where they are right now in recruiting. I think you're going to see them trying to do that here in December and January. 
you know, I think that there's going to be guys that are committed to other schools that they try to convince to come down for visits, and they try to flip them and work them hard in December and January and, and you know, see if they can do that. So, you know, I think that's about okay. the stage of recruiting that you're at right now. Okay, well, here's a question I think a lot of us would want to know, and I haven't heard anything like this, but maybe you'll know, maybe somebody's told you, you just haven't um, brought it to us yet. Is there anybody in this class that has academic issues that's already committed to us but might not have a chance to make it academically? Because over the three or four or five years, we've been getting a bunch of that, and I think that's just costing us left and right. So um, do you know if anybody is committed? Not the good thing about recruiting, but no. committed. Uh, no, the guys that are committed right now, we don't know of any of their academic issues. There's no academic issues. That's, that's important. Not, not, that, not, that, not that we don't. Okay, that takes away from what you're trying to do. Yeah. But um, that's really it for me, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that – I remember telling you early in the year that North Carolina State is going to be a problem. I have a feeling they're going to oh, be a problem. Oh, this is going to be a tough game Saturday. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they always they always keep a crowd, no matter what's going on. It's yep. I don't. It's still, it's still Miami coming in. It's still yep. high noon, and it's going to be revved up, and we got to match that intensity. We no got to match that intensity, and and, and that's what, and that's what I'm hoping. I, I'll take I, at this point right now, this time of the year, I'll take a ten point victory. I'll take a six point victory. As long as we're doing what we're supposed to do, and I hope the defense keep um, this team on the seventeen or less this this time around. So if we if we keep them on seventeen or less, we have a good chance of winning the game, Gary. So um, um, there's a couple other things I just can't think about it right now. Great show, very nice and calm. People are making points, and I think the guys are on point when we say we need special guys. We need to start recruiting those type of guys. We need special defensive makers. The guys, kind of guys you talk about all the time. Guys, that's going to make a difference. We need to upgrade, and, and that's the bottom line. All right, man, Keep give me us a call next week. You got it. Give us a call next week. All right, 646-595-2048 It's the number, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, um, we're heading down the home stretch here this evening. But the, uh, before we continue, guys, I'm going to take a moment here and talk to you about another one of our longtime sponsors, of Kane Sport Live, and that's Harry's Razors. And uh, we talk about them every week. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of Kane's fans have gotten in on the Harry's craze this season. Uh, I've been using Harry's Razors for a couple years now, and let me tell you something. If you want to improve your shaving experience and you haven't done so yet, you need to get on harrys.com and take advantage of the special offer that they've created for Kane Sport Live listeners who enter the promo code Canes at checkout, um, you will not be sorry. Harry's razors are the best in the industry, and it will totally revolutionize your shaving experience the way it has mine. And, uh, you know, the big razor companies have always made a small change. They come out with what they call a newest version, and they raise their already high prices. Well, unlike those guys, Harry's doesn't believe in upcharging, which is why they've made their razors even better, and they're keeping prices exactly the same. Imagine that. When do you ever see that out there in today's world where people make things better and keep their prices the same? I know all you guys right now are hoping that the Hurricanes keep their season ticket prices the same after making the product better this year, but uh, really Harry's is an exception in that regard. 
They make five-blade razors that now include a softer flex hinge for a more comfortable glide, a trimmer blade for hard-to-reach places, a lubricating strip, and a textured handle for more control when it's wet. You know, those of you that like to shave in the shower, that textured handle will really come in handy. It helps you really control the blade uh, so much better. Um, the amazing thing is, even with these improvements that they've made, they're still at just $2 per blade compared to the $4 or more that you'll pay at the drugstore. They do it by owning their factory in Germany where they make the blades and they can produce high-quality razors themselves and sell them online for half the price. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades that they will send you their popular free trial set, which comes with a razor, a five-blade cartridge, and shaving gel. All you're going to pay is $3.00. For shipping, they're going to send you the trial set for free. Plus, when you use that code name Canes, C-A-N-E-S, at checkout, you're going to get free post-shave bomb with your order as well. It's a great deal, so I encourage everybody to go to harrys.com right now. You enter the code name Canes at checkout and claim your free trial set, your free post-shave bomb, and totally revolutionize your shaving experience. That's harrys.com, code Canes. Harry, thank you so much for being a sponsor this year of Cane Sport Live. All right, if you want to get in on the show tonight, now's the time to call, 646-595-2048. You hit the number one on your keypad. Um, let's go now to the 951. You're live on Cane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? I was just calling. I wasn't even going to talk, man, but it's Terrell, man. Calling from town. What's up, Terrell? Riverview, How you doing Cal- this evening? Oh, Florida. What's going on? I'm good. I wasn't even going to um, press one, but I heard you made the comparison with Amon Richards and Calvin Ridley. Um, what yeah, I mean, I, I mean, don't you agree? Amon Richards, has had a, he's had a great freshman year, but if you're an objective talent evaluator and you're mm-hmm. comparing these two athletes, for example, um, at the same time, and I know they're not in the same class. It's just Calvin Ridley to me is an elite five-star athlete. Okay, and he's the, he, he's a, he's an elite five-star player. He's a guy that's going to be a first-round mm-hmm. NFL draft pick and be an absolute boss in the game of football for many many years to come. Now, when I look at Amon Richards, I feel like I'm looking at a young Reggie Wayne all over again, and I think Amon Richards is going to be great. And he, he might be a five-star talent by the time he develop, fully develops and everything. But if you're looking at these two kids coming out of high school, what I'm saying is, you know, Calvin Ridley is a little bit of a notch above. And I think that's, it's, a, it's a good comparison because both had great freshman years. Well, um, I'm, I'm probably going to have to disagree because, I mean, I saw, I've seen both of them play. And to me, Calvin really more of a nine-route runner. I mean, they send him on a lot of nine routes. He goes fly routes. Well, Mon Richards, I've seen him create in space already, and seem like he's a little taller. And I'm looking at their stats now. I mean, of course, Calvin really his 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 freshman year had more yards, but you got to look at he played a lot more games, playoffs, and and everything. But yeah. right now, he got yeah, you have, Mon you have Richards to look at, at seven thirty-two year to freshman year. Don't don't look at this year's stats. They they don't have a throwing quarterback this year. Okay, no, I'm not looking at this year. I'm looking at their freshman year. I'm looking at both of their freshman year. I'm on. Had 732 yards. Calvin really had 1,000, I think 42. But I'm saying he okay. had more games than um, Amon Richards so far. Yeah, he, you're, so, you're looking mean, at his it, season it, stats, and Amon could put up a lot of yards here between, before the season's over. 
Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I mean, he has a lot more TDs, but like I said, he's a fat, I mean, he's a fast player. I've seen him in person a few times in high school and at a few um, camps, but I, I think he's more, he's fast. You know, he gets open on them now in route, so it makes him a, a deep threat, but I think Amon Richards has that same type of talent. I don't know what would make him more of a five star. Oh, I, I, listen, I'm not knocking not. Him on I, I don't, I'm not knocking Amon Richards at all, okay? He has been off the charts. In fact, somebody asked earlier tonight what freshman I would say has had the greatest impact, and he'd be number one above the linebackers. I mean, I mean, he's had a great freshman season. I'm just talking about comparing the explosiveness of two athletes. I, I think, you know, and, and in fairness, Ridley's a little bit older. I, I mean, I think he went into college. Yeah. It's one so, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, let's let, let's talk about Amon Richards in two more years of conditioning and training, and I mean, the, the kid's going to be off the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, but he's just we'll, scratching like the said, surface we'll right now. I mean, he really is. I mean, wait till he has a year in the strength program. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't know. He seemed to lead to me, so I don't know. Like I, I don't, I, I just don't see the difference in those two. If Amon had went to Alabama, we would be seeing I mean, a different story. I think it depends you know. how you define elite. Okay, like I define elite as game shit. Like, like you have to, yeah, like he affects your game plan. And you know, I'm not sure anybody has to game plan. If you're game planning for a Miami receiver this year, I think it's Stacy Coley. Would you agree with I mean, that? I mean, I agree with you on and, that. And, and I think that that's a I, lot. As a freshman, I think do you think people were game planning for the Calvin Ridley? Well, I think I yeah, watched him more last year than I. No, absolutely. People have to game plan for Calvin Ridley, but but what I'm saying is, like, if you're looking at Miami, I, I think if if you're going to game plan for Coley or Richards, I think you're going to game plan for Coley. And I think the presence of Coley has helped Richards a lot this year and allowed him to bust out. I mean, he would have done well okay. anyway. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, yeah. I think the fact Coley is the man on this team right now um, has created a lot of opportunity for Richards. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to going, I'm going to put this on record. I think if Coley wasn't on team, Amon would be a lot more dangerous because he could be targeted a lot more. Just Maybe. like Calvin really was seemed like their primary target for Alabama last year. He was once um, the guy, the other guy they got from Northwestern. Who, um, um, once he left, Calvin really was the man. He's the only deep threat receiver at Alabama, so he was targeted a lot more. So I think if Stacy Cooley was on the team, I think Amon would be even more of a weapon. Because to me, he stands out a little more than Cooley. We'll see next year. So we'll 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 we'll, we'll revisit this. This um, conversation when Cooley's not on the team, Cooley's not on the team. We'll see next year, but I think he's a lead talent. That's just my opinion. But you, you've been around the way longer than I have, so yeah, I, it doesn't I'll, mean I'll everything right. I mean, I just I'm no, just giving no, an opinion. I'm just giving an opinion. I mean, you know, uh, based on how I define elite, but okay. I will, like I said, we'll revisit this one. Like by the by the time he's leaving Miami, we'll see who's on top. I, I think oh. he's going to be a heck of an NFL player too. There's not be anything wrong with Ridley. Ridley's going to be an NFL receiver, but I agree. Amon Richards, I just I just compared him to Reggie Wayne. I mean, uh, you can't you know, get yeah, much so. more than that. I mean, nah. he was, <laughs> Reggie Wayne is a true freshman. Yeah, I mean, I remember Reggie. I remember. 
But you know, yeah. you know, I, like you know, we'll see. That's all I can say. I can't. I don't want to put. I, I just say like with those comparisons, I don't see too much of a difference, like in those two. But mm-hmm. the two, Calvin Ridley and Amon. That's just my opinion. We both have opinions, so that's it. That's all I wanted to say. I I just want when she when you said that, I was like, let me push one because I want to share my opinion. <laughs> so you're saying, God damn it, Gary. I gotta hit one now and get out here and take you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, cool talking to you. Thanks. Hey, leave me on hold. I want to listen to the show. You, you got it. Thanks. I hope I, I hope I inspire you to hit one again uh, down the road. Let's go to the seven seven zero. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Who's this? This is a TC from Atlanta. Hey, what's up, TC? Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me too? No, I'm not mad. It's, everything's all good. <laughs> I'm not mad at all. Not mad at all. Hey, Gary, I'm not gonna stay on long, but I just want to make mention of something. I don't know if anyone spoke about this tonight or not, but I said this about maybe two weeks ago, like those personal foul penalties that we were once getting. I don't recall us getting any of those in the last game against Virginia, but I noticed that, uh, is it Cortell Jenkins mm-hmm. was uh, left at home because of that, I guess, jumping on the pile after the whistle had blown, like personal foul, penalty that he got. Do you know the story behind that? Um well, I mean, he de- he deserved to be left at home for that penalty. And, and and you know what? I mean, you know, I think you're seeing the coaches are, are are trying to get their point across. I mean, they've been watching this all year long. These stupid penalties hurting the team. You know, it's it's, it's, it, 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 it's coaching. You know, and and you know, I mean, just way too many of those that have been killing this team. Way too many, and I think that probably hurt us in about maybe two losses that we've, uh, you know, that we've gotten in two games that we should have yeah, easily I mean, won. One, I think. As we know, this team's not good enough to overcome all of that. You know, you you, you got to be be more disciplined. Too many teams are good enough to overcome that. If you keep doing it over and over again, week after week, eventually it's going to catch up with you, and it's going to mm-hmm. hurt you. That's what happened yeah, to gotta, us. I mean, there's, you know, there, there it, football's a physical games. game. You, it, you know, it's a physical game. You got to play with reckless abandon, but you got to be disciplined also. You got to be disciplined and you got to be smart. Like I remember yeah. when uh, Rashawn Jenkins had gotten a, a personal foul penalty or, or unsportsmanlike conduct, and then along with Jamal Carter, he gotten them maybe a couple of those, especially yep. in that Florida State game, and then for that targeting penalty. Those type things will eventually catch up with you and they'll haunt you. And I just noticed that, you know, I guess Rick must have gotten tired of that. And he was like, hey, Jenkins, we're going to have to make some changes, man, because you guys are not listening. We can't have that kind of stuff on the field, man. So well, especially, gonna... especially, if you're, especially if you're not making a positive contribution to the team in another way, which, you know, I mean, you know, uh, kids are gonna like you know make mistakes sometimes Carter Jenkins whatever but at least those guys are making plays on a regular basis. Right. Yeah, they are. But two, I mean, if you look at all the good teams, Alabama, um, LSU, they're they're kind of good. They're they're okay. 
um, Michigan, Ohio State, even Penn State, those guys, they don't have a lot of those, you know, unsportsmanlike penalties and so forth. Therefore, because that, that changed the feel, and that makes a huge difference. And that's also a momentum builder for the other team. And those things can crush you if you're not careful enough. They'll, they'll crush you. I mean, it's, it's only, what, 15 yards, but that 15 yards makes a huge difference when it's like third and, you know, nine or third and 12 or something like that. And then that team gets a, a first down and they keep the drive going and therefore the defense is out on the field a little bit longer and those guys get tired and worn down. It can make a huge – I just noticed that we haven't had any of those, at least, I don't know, maybe in the past two games, if I can recall Except for that and, one in that Jenkins draft. Yeah, I agree. They, and and, and the, the, the teams played great, right? They're not, they're right, not so, kicking themselves in the butt all the time. Right. So here's my prediction for this week, this weekend's game, and then I'm going to let you go. If we don't have any of those personal foul penalties, <laughs> we should win they by win. at least two touchdowns. All so, right, fair enough. 28-14. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. All right. Thanks, Gary. You have a good night. Give us a call next week. All right, guys. Final call of the night. Let's go to the 727. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? This is your boy, UB, from um, Clearwater. What's up, UB? How are things in Clearwater tonight? Man, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Can't complain. Um, Two things. First off, I just want to talk to you about Kaya, man. I don't know what it's going to take for Kaya to stop overthrowing these wide receivers and not making good decisions on third downs. It's, it's killing us. It's killing Listen, us. Uh, to, me, to, to, to my eye, he has not been the same since he took that beating against Florida State. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I guess that does open up his eyes a lot. I mean – I mean, he hasn't been the same. Like you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's playing a little hurt. Um, you know, I don't know. But to me, he has not been the same Kaya since he took that beating. Now, is he still the best you have? Without question. Is he still playing plenty good enough to win games? Without question. If everything else around him isn't breaking down, like the offensive line was against Virginia Tech and North Notre Dame, um, but. You know, I just I don't feel like he's been the same the, the same guy since that night when he just got killed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I I think overall what's bit different is that the the coaching staff has finally found, like you said, kind of taking the linebacker. I mean, taking the running backs and helping out the offensive alignment. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, you know, we don't have good enough offensive alignment to have one on one. Um, one-on-one matchups. So we do need that fullback back there every now and then. You know, Marquise Williams, he he, he does what he has to do a lot of times where it's like, okay, okay, Mark, I see why we, we do it. What do you say? Mark Richter's done a phenomenal job the last two weeks of play calling, in my opinion. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And, and like I said, I I love the play calling. I love how they're doing perfect balance of run and pass now. 
And at the end of the day, like I said, it, it goes on the shoulders of Brad Kaya. Brad Kaya has to make those just better decisions. And, and I think we could have blown out Virginia if it wasn't for him just trying to overthink things, trying to just do stuff he, he usually doesn't do. So I, I don't know. And, and going into that, I want to know, do you feel as if you would want Brad Kaya next year or do you want Nikozi Perry? Uh, no, you want Brad Kaya. You want to be able to properly develop Nikozi Perry. You don't want to have to throw him out there as a true freshman. You want to redshirt him. You want to properly train him and develop him and, and then let him compete to replace Kaya the next year. You want Kaya to come back. You want him to be the quarterback next year. You want him playing at an elite level. You want him to be a Heisman candidate, ideally. You want the Canes to go to the ACC championship game with Kaya. And then right. – and then the next year, let Nikozi Perry compete with Jack Allison and, and these other guys. That's what you want. Now, yeah, that's will, it play out, will it play out perfectly like that? Time will tell. But that's you know that's the script. Yeah, Kai is not ready for NFL. I know he he has to come back next year, man. It, I, it, think so. I don't see him. I don't see him going nowhere. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to just hope that he matures and hope that, I guess, the scheme that, that Mark Rick has, has developed has really, you know, gone into his mind and, and has sunk in and he's starting to understand it better. But I don't know. Um, second, uh, you've seen this guy named Randon, uh, what's his name, Jernigan. He plays with DJ Dallas. He's, I think he's a running back. Sometimes he plays quarterback um, in, in Brunswick. I have not. He's number three, man. He is an explosive player. He graduates in 2018, so I don't think a lot of people um, are really looking at him. But I really hope we get this kid because, man, if you you need to go look at his – well, you'll see his film when you see why is DJ Dallas. When, when DJ pitches it off to him, that kid has some blazing speed, but I, like I said I, I'm just excited, man, to see what the rest of this season holds. Um, hopefully, we go ahead and win out, and like I said, go get a good bowl game. Hopefully, it's somewhere close to me, somewhere like Orlando, Jacksonville, something like that, you know. And I'll be able to go and watch my Canes. Love my Canes to the end, and uh, just keep it up, Gary. Man, love the show. All right, man. Thank you for being part of it, and uh, give us a call again next week. Will do. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, We remain, for those of you that have been listening for the duration, we remain on Lonnie Walker watch. And uh, no verdict yet from the five-star basketball guard who all indications today were, could fall to the Miami Hurricanes in recruiting, which – in my mind, would instantaneously make Miami uh, an ACC championship and Final Four contender next year. Of course, this year's Canes play at North Florida tomorrow night. You can watch that game on ESPN3.com, a real athletic, exciting team that I think you're going to get into this year. Um, Those kids are really fun to watch. Uh, This is more looking towards the future, and uh, Lonnie Walker is as highly regarded as any guard in America and uh, there were signs today that a Miami commit might be imminent. Uh, is it a concern that it hasn't happened yet? Not sure. 
Uh, but we'll continue to monitor that into Miami. I mean, into Miami, into tomorrow, and and, and see what happens. Um, but that would be just a wonderful development for Canes basketball. All right, I want to thank our sponsors tonight. Uh, I talked to you about Omaha Steaks, a new sponsor who have that um, 77% off offer for you guys on the family gift pack, which um, might make a great Christmas gift, or you could just order it for yourself. But you get a a ton of food, you know, filet mignon, sirloin steaks, pork chops, chicken breasts, sausages, burgers, meatballs, and side dishes and desserts and, 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 and stuff. So um, I checked it out. They sent me one. Uh, very nice of them. And I'm glad that we have this deal for you guys and, and for those that want to take advantage of it with Omaha Steaks. Again, use the code CSL when you place your order for that family gift pack on their website. Um, Harry's Razors, we thank them. been telling you about them all year. Again, use the code name Canes, C-A-N-E-S, at checkout, and you can get a free trial set from them with free post-shave bomb. It'll only cost you $3 for shipping. Glad we are able to bring you that great deal. I think you'll be hooked if you try them. And then MyBookie8.ag, uh, the new gaming site out there with a casino, race book, sports book. Uh, for those of you that like to place a little wager every now and then, and they've got that special offer for Kane Sport Live listeners where you get, they'll match your initial bonus 100%. Use the code name Canes there too when you sign up, C-A-N-E-S, at mybookie.ag. I want to thank everybody that called in tonight. Uh, great show. The Canes go to Raleigh this weekend. I'll be there. If you're, if you're coming to, make sure you give me a shout-out. I'll be on the field before the game. And um, I love meeting all you guys from the site. It's one of the highlights of going on the road with the Canes. So many of you go to the road games. So make sure you say hello if you see me. Um, otherwise, we'll meet back here next Tuesday night at 8 o'clock to talk about it. Hopefully Miami puts it all together again for a third straight week, keeps this positive vibe and positive momentum going. I think it's really important for the program to finish this season off strong. Um, that was one of the downfalls of the Al Golden era. They never played well in November, always went limping into the end of the season. I think it always impacted recruiting and things like that. If you can win these last four, go to a good bowl game, have a chance to finish the year with five victories in a row. Uh, that can really go a long way. So we'll see what happens Saturday in Raleigh. Thanks again, everybody, and um, I wish you a very good night.